0: Hi, I'm Jen. I love watching horror movies. I also have PTSD and I go to a lot of therapy.
1: I'm Lara. I
2: have anxiety and depression and love having the shit scared out of me. (laughs) Wait, what?
1: I'm Mike. I'm a therapist and I love riffing on horror movies.
2: We love watching horror movies. We love them for how much they scare us and for how much they help us. Because
1: we love talking about mental health, a.k.a. how crazy we are, and the <laughs> role the horror genre can play in our wellness and self-care, we've started a brand new podcast called Psycho Analysis.
3: Each episode, we'll talk about a movie and how it relates to a different topic in the mental health field.
0: Our episodes drop every other Thursday starting on July 9th on the Consequence Podcast Network. Listen to find out how... How can can heal. heal. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome yet again to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast brought to you by a Consequence uh, Podcast Network. Uh, My name is Mackenzie, didn't think of this, Gerber, (laughs) and uh, I'm really excited to talk about the the, uh, book that we're uh, covering today is 1993's Nightmares and Dreamscapes, a short story collection Uh, And I'm a big fan of the short stories, so um, we're going to hop right into this and go around the circle here and and find out who else is going to be joining us uh, on this nightmare and or dreamscape. Uh, Way over (laughs) in the land of uh, the Forbidden Dan.
3: You said my name already, Uh, uh, but my name is is Dan. Dolan Caffrey. I, I feel oh. weird using that because that's not. Uh, spoiler alert! Not my favorite story, but I guess I guess these are um, maybe the not the best stories today. So I'll say Dan Dolan Caffrey. And uh, are we talking about our first experience with the book?
4: Yeah. What's your first experience with the book, and uh, what 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 version did you read this time around versus the first time, if you, if there was a first?
3: There was the first time, indeed. Um, so this was this book came out right around when I was getting into King and was being allowed to read a lot more Stephen King. It was pretty massive, though. I hadn't really read any of his short story collections up at that point. I was, I think, I was like nine or ten years old. Uh, but I thought the cover was really cool because I was also into Goosebumps, and in Goosebumps, there's a short story called "The Scarecrow Stalks at Midnight." Uh, which some of you might know and I uh that. i thought yeah it's great and i and I, I love the scarecrow on the front of this but i i think it was i was bummed when i read it and there was no scarecrow story after all um but yeah the, the edition i read when i was younger was like a paperback that i remember my um my was at my aunt's house it had like a ha- half moon half sun i don't know if any of y'all saw that it was like a, that's what
2: i got yeah the old paperback oh. one that's what i
3: read originally but um Hey man, you know how I love my first editions, so I found one of these at half price books uh, and checked it out before uh, before going into it. Um, so it has the scarecrow on the front of it, and it 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 is it is massive. We're in, we're actually moving to Atlanta in a week, and I packed all my Stephen King books in one box except for this one, which I think I'll have to probably just put my backpack, even though I finished it. Um, yeah, and it was great revisiting these stories. I feel like with these massive short story collections, he has like Skeleton Crew and this and. Bizarre Bad Dreams, I always forget about a few of them, you know, who, um, until I, re- like, I, like just going through the titles, I remembered The Night Flyer, I remembered Popsy, I remember Dolan's Cadillac, a few others, but some of them I just forgot completely what they're about, so in many ways I feel like I, I was reading it for the first time, and of course when you're a little kid, you, you know, you don't get, you don't, you don't get the nuances of a, of a story like uh, Chattery Teeth, maybe, on the, on the first time around, uh, so yeah, it was, it was cool revisiting a lot of these and uh, understanding them a little bit better than when I was a lad.
4: Oh, very nice, very nice. Well, uh, thank you for that. And we're going to hop back to Chicago uh, to our other, lis- uh, our other. Uh, I was going to say listener. <laughs> wow, off to a great start. Uh, who, who are you?
0: This is Isha, uh, the fifth quarter. Or actually, I wanted to go with heads up this time because I was not a fan of heads down. Um, and my first experience with this is actually this time around. I had never read Nightmares and Dreamscapes before this. Oh. So this was a journey and a challenge. Uh, <laughs> my, I got the audio book as well as the downloadable book. So it's not really an edition. But the cover they show is like the Dolan's Cadillac on the highway with like a, oh, a background scene of like a setting sun, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, but it was interesting <laughs> to listen to the audio version and who they picked, what celebrities they picked for uh, each story
2: yeah, ooh, it was ooh, I'll be
0: interested to hear story. about that yeah, it's a different person, like there's multiple characters that show up again like Tim Curry is in ooh. two of them, they've got oh now her name is blanking like my head who's the voice for uh, Lisa Simpson
3: oh, you're Lee Smith? Is that it? yes, thank you, yeah.
0: she's she does one of the stories they've got oh. Joe Montana, they have a few different people
3: Nice. That's like because yearly Smith was in Maximum Overdrive, and Tim Curry was in it. Uh, was Joe Montana ever in a? I feel like Joe Montana would be good in Dolan's Cadillac, but I don't. Was
4: think he he's in. in Thinner? He uh, might have not, been
0: like not, Oh yeah, he played the gangster, right? Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't. Was Gary Sinise ever in one? Because he's one of the the people. He oh yeah, yeah he was he's in the, the
4: stand. stand.
3: Yeah. Is he in the? Is in the Green Mile too? Right. It,
4: yes, he is briefly, I believe.
3: He's like the the I don't
2: know, he's,
4: he's like, like a the friend of his or that he goes to yeah, visit. Friend, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's a veritable king crew on the audiobook.
4: That's interesting and so you'll have to definitely tell us about which uh, as we as we as we come across each of these if you remember who did the uh, the narration the of the audio. Yeah.
3: <laughs> An extra treat.
4: <laughs> we're going to hop in Dolan's Cadillac. Uh, Dan, are you ready? And we're going to go to our next guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> our next host
4: of the evening. And that is?
2: This is Mel Moving Finger Castle. Oh. I, uh, I've owned Nightmares and Dreamscapes for a really long time, and it took up a sort of falsely storied place in my mind where I thought, oh, Skeleton Crew has some sort of baser stories. But um, Nightmares and Dreamscapes is a little more highbrow. Not, actually, the reverse <laughs> is true. <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
2: and so revisiting it, I not only was like, oh, right, like, these are, these are kind of... A, this is a group of misfits. Um, but I also <laughs> remember that there are at least two of these that I, that I, like, either consciously or unconsciously as a very young burgeoning writer, like, straight plagiarized. Like, I definitely took two ideas from these stories (laughs) and tried to write my own like i didn't try to get them published or or anything anywhere but um it was (laughs) definitely a journey and a challenge no they were not good um they might have been better than the ones i was i was plagiarizing from though (laughs) (laughs) i a journey and a challenge (laughs) yeah i have the signet um paperback which is a gold and blue sun and moon conjoined face um it looks very kind of ethereal and witchy and it's almost 700 pages long. And let me tell you, it felt that way.
1: <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. Yes, it does. Um, I, I didn't go over mine, y'all. Matt,
2: <laughs> what was your first <laughs> exposure to nightmares and dreamscapes? Where do it you It was
4: live? a month ago. <laughs> I'm here in Chicago. And I read this whole thing slowly over the last couple of months. Um, it's been an adventure. Uh, <laughs> I think I was re- trying to read like a story a day. Uh, to keep up my my interest and in, and in pursuing the end of this this great novel, uh, <laughs> I have the Viking Press edition. I think this is the first edition, uh, which has the scarecrow, yeah, on the front of the uh, the dust jacket. And uh, I rem- this is one of the first King books that I remember being like. I, I remember when it was actually released. You know, like I was I was cognizant of it coming out in the bookstores. And I always thought the cover looked really cool and I was really into it. But I, I would, little did King know I wouldn't read it for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, with that, I think we're going to jump into our first little category here where we talk a little bit about the history and the introduction of this novel. And we're going to ha- head over it's to the collection uh, of short
2: stories. Uh, yes. It's yes. Yes. A collection yeah, of short
4: get- stories. I'm sorry. It just, it's so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the history of this book?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, King actually does a, a pretty lengthy introduction to it, uh, like he does, I think, with all of his short story collections. And like most of them, these were cobbled together from various stories that had appeared in magazines. Um, yeah, he's got a, few, a couple unreleased. The I think the the what separates this maybe from his other short story collections. We get a little bit of poetry and skeleton crew, but he mixes it up with some other formats in here. We get a couple of poems. We get a nonfiction story about his son's baseball team that he, uh, I think, like, debuted in the New Yorker. Yeah, um, and then we uh, we also get a screenplay too. So it's I would say this is a little bit more. I don't. Ha- I don't want to say piecemeal than the rest of the stuff because I think there's some really good there's some really good work here, but it feels like a little bit more of a random assortment.
0: Um, I mean, he himself calls ones.
2: it an uneven Aladdin's cave of a book.
0: <laughs> it literally <laughs> yeah. felt like he went into his like uh, attic and just found a bunch of stories and was like, "Here, this is stuff I've worked on. I don't know what I gave you. Just figure it out." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I guess like I over, over overall, I, and I th- I think it does have some of his. I mean, well, right, There's there's his nasty stories in this that are nasty for not being scary for other reasons that we'll get into uh, with a couple of the stories today. Um, but then then a lot of them I think are they're just like they're almost like EC Comics just one gimmick classic guts and violence king. Um, and so I feel I, I weirdly feel like those stories you know like rainy season chattery teeth moving finger the just the more straight up horror grizzly ones. I almost feel like if it was just those in the collection that they would feel like they belong in the same book for a reason but i think because of the presence of the rest of them yeah yeah it does feel like like issue was saying um just getting getting these things out of the attic which in in some cases he he did that is what he did Uh, (laughs) a quick question for all of you with his short story collections yeah and i would say night shift is pretty flawless but this one skeleton crew um yeah it's like hit miss do you, I always feel like he's doing kind of a mea culpa in his intros he does for them. <laughs> like a, like a, yeah. like he's trying to critic-proof himself, it always kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, do, do you yeah. all feel like
2: that, though? He's so precious about everything related to writing that I cringe at most of his intros. I, I do think, though, that this one, this book in particular, both in the intro and in the notes that he gives to many yeah. but not all of the stories are very much kind of unapologetic like not apologetic as he should be about them. I mean the the intro is about the nature of like belief and faith and myth and he is sort of saying like we all as children believed that you know if you put a dime on the railroad track the train would derail and or it would squish the coin flat and he kind of Tries to do this incantatory thing where he's getting the audience on his side and being like, "I believe, I believe," so that if you do object to these stories, you're kind of being a, a real spoil sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah, He he always goes
3: back and forth between, and interviews too, and, and he's only human, and yeah, it's, it, we we all deal with this conflict being artists, I think. But he always goes back and forth between. Oh, I'm just a humble guy, and you don't have to like my stories or my books. And and they're they're the literary equivalent to Big Mac and fries. It's it's and then and then the belief stuff where he seems right. like really pissed if you don't like if you don't like <laughs> some of his stuff. Um, it's very interesting to me.
4: And for those of you listeners who are new to this, uh, when we cover the short stories, we're actually going to be splitting this up. So this episode is going to be covering the worst of the stories so that's it's an like average half, so it's an a, averaged
2: outranking right. of yeah. all of our individual yes. rankings so this is going to be a very contentious episode where wearing <laughs> each other
0: there was a point where i wanted <laughs> to have more on the the worst list but i was like fine i guess i gotta keep this even oh you see yeah, you, you so want to see so uh, the ratio yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> just we're gonna fun. cut this you down want to the middle the stats? <laughs> Uh, yeah,
4: <laughs> so we gotta cut this down the middle. So uh, I, I, for me, I felt like a lot of these stories were were pretty middling. So it was kind of hard uh, to mm-hmm. have a best and the worst. But uh, this will be these. I think there's 24 entries, uh, but a couple of these are like a, it's like a parable and a, then a, a poem and then an essay. So we did include those <laughs> to some extent. Um, two of which we'll talk about right at the beginning because they were uh, some of the lesser lesser stories um,
3: we, we kind of kept those separate right from the the mm. ranking wise yeah from like i mean the i stores. think
4: some people i didn't rank these but some people did so i think but they had them at the very bottom so it's just gonna happen that we're gonna talk about those first anyways um i, so, I really
3: uh, have no idea what any of yours your preferences are i feel like we're gonna do i mean i, maybe I know, at the I, very
2: end we can share we can give our full lists really quickly but i, yeah. I know i know that there are some polarizing choices and and we should and
3: because it's a collective ranking i think it's i think it's totally great to spar with each if if you if mel loved um dolan's cadillac i don't know if you did or not but um you'll you'll find out yeah yeah we we (laughs) should feel free so it's like a collective ranking but yeah we can we can have differing viewpoints i and i think maybe i think maybe i liked the collection overall a little bit more than than all y'all did, because I, I, it, it split pretty evenly down the middle for me. I, I thought that it was fair, but sounding like some people maybe thought more should be in the negative, so...
2: I guess, I fair know. warning, I found this collection,
0: on balance, upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I will were... say,
3: yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Each,
0: I was going to say, there were some stories where I was like, I liked where it was going, but there were just certain things that grind my gears about how he was writing <laughs> the characters he was portraying, and I was like, as I was listening to the audio, I was like i can't stand these characters i can't like i called my dad at one point and was like how did he get away with writing for so long <laughs> how did they let him no. get away with this
3: we lose you as as a co-host testing
0: it, my <laughs> yeah.
3: i mean I, I will say it definitely feels unbalanced to me especially toward the end it's it's weird the order they're in too i feel like he really front loads a lot of a lot of the better stuff and then um yeah like i, I would definitely agree that it's it's sort of scattershot um but but we, I like the skeleton crew. Yeah. yeah. Should we just do it, Mac? Or would, would would you? Is there anything more to say?
4: Yeah. No. If if y'all are ready to to dive into this, I just don't I mean, want to spoil.
2: Uh, I don't. If we keep talking in generalities, we'll spoil our opinions. Yeah. That's true. So. That's true. <laughs> this is
4: very true. Very true.
3: Uh, uh, let okay, me pull up then, the rankings. While pull Dan up. pulls up his rankings or uh, uh, the email that got sent with our overall rankings, who was that from? Randall. Yeah. Um, Randall. Well, you, we're gonna
2: we're gonna start yeah. with the. Uh, Let's just start with the poem, because we, we're going to do those two outliers first, right? Brooklyn, yeah, August, yeah. and The yeah. Beggar and the so, Diamond. Yes,
4: a quick discussion of the bad poems.
2: <laughs> well, The <laughs> Beggar and the tw- Diamond is, is a parable. <laughs> right. It's not a poem.
3: I know. Like I know.
4: Little, I'm just going off of based to what Randall sent to us, so I'm calling Randall out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
4: cowardly, He's not
2: here to defend himself. Um,
4: I know. Well, that, I know. That's, I that's view, the, I that's view the, the poem best thing about the
2: it. As the biggest outlier. So let's just start there.
1: Oh, Brooklyn August. Okay.
4: Uh, what, so this what is about.
3: The, I don't know. Maybe do any of you have a reverence for baseball? I know your your brother no. does. Mac. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Do we just need to be baseball you know, fans? You I People
4: do. I do, but I, I still the, clocking in at twenty four. Even though this isn't a story, uh, Brooklyn August. I, I really wanted to like to kind of love this, but it's it's so short. It's just about baseball. And I, look, I love baseball. I love baseball films. I love baseball documentaries um, I'm nostalgic about it to some extent even though I, I'm not really a huge sports fan in general <laughs> but yeah this just didn't do it for me <laughs>
3: I'm sorry I mean I, I guess I guess that my thing for being a poem and I don't think poetry is King just King's strong point period I I don't get anything out of the story other than isn't baseball great? <laughs> when you're in the city and yeah I, I don't know I, I think that was me I mean it's it's so short you smell
2: steamed franks and 8 p.m dirt
3: yeah it's just the imagery feel yeah it feel it just feels a little clunky to me and um I mean it's so short whatever I can't like hate hate it but yeah I just didn't really get anything beyond being starry-eyed about about baseball in the city uh, to me
2: I can imagine if you are someone who's familiar with the plethora of proper nouns bandied about in this poem that you might glean onto its atmosphere i'm just not familiar with all the names mentioned and not familiar with baseball as 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 intimately as he is um i i think it's kind of cute that he mentions in the notes that it's been kind of reprinted especially in places for baseball aficionados and so like it's found its niche um Mm -hmm. but not in me i i I literally couldn't understand it (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, just, as someone who grew yeah. up playing softball and like baseball and watching it for years, I mean, I could understand that. But again, I wasn't I think after reading Heads Down and then getting to this, I was just kind of <laughs> overhearing about <laughs> baseball. And so it was just kind of like now King decided to be a poet. And I've never seen I don't know if he has other poems that are out there that I maybe I don't know about. Um, uh, he has
3: a, a poem that, in Night. What was it? Night- uh, Paranoid, a, a chant. I think that's in in Skeleton Crew. They're they're right. all bad.
2: They're all yeah, bad. yeah, they're not great. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm not uh, does
4: anybody else have anything? I, I, else to I would say be about... curious.
3: I mean, it sounds like Asia knows more than we do about baseball and didn't like it. I would be curious to see if like uh, if a Justin Gerber likes this poem. Yeah. Uh, also, but. I'll say this. If, uh, news um,
4: alert. Uh, he did not. <laughs> he, didn't be like, <laughs> he didn't like this, and he alert. didn't lay head down. <laughs> and he's a big baseball head. So, uh, All right. Well, if any, does anybody else have anything to say about Brooklyn August before we move on to the next?
2: I, there's some nice, I guess, repetition of like devices, the, the rhyme with grows and slow and row on row. That was a little bit (laughs) pleasing. I don't know anything about poetry. That whole passage
4: right there, it sounded like people were really trying to drag that out of you, (laughs) Mel.
2: I guess it's fine. I just don't want to lie to you. I guess there's (laughs)
4: some words that rhyme. (laughs) Who's, Who's Jim
2: Bishop? It says for Jim Bishop.
3: Yeah, I don't know who that
4: uh, is. I, oh, I, good, good question. Uh, is Rand, it, uh, I was going to say, uh, Randall, do you want to look that up? <laughs> Randall's a Jim, ghost on this episode, by the way. D-
3: Jim Bishop is... Uh, um, hold up. Did he say it in the... Uh, it was his baseball coach. <laughs>
2: okay. no, I don't know. Oh, I'm real? just making that up. Well, I'll do
3: some well detective
2: work. it didn't do We're anything gonna... for us, I guess, is the conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. true.
4: <laughs> and that's why it's dead last uh, <laughs> in this collection. Uh Hot on the heels of Brooklyn August, number twenty three, the beggar and the diamond.
3: Thoughts. Is it a baseball diamond? <laughs> Ooh,
4: <laughs> I really thought it was
3: parallel. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Oh yeah, because so, it comes sorry. out. Isn't
4: this the last story? It's
2: it's not yeah, even it's, in it's, the it's, table it's, of contents. He just tacked it on like.
3: A... <laughs> Jim Bishop. Wants it's a it's a secret his, his story.
2: Editor. Oh I confirmed.
3: Okay. He was a former English instructor at the University of Maine who taught King, and he edited Hearts and Suspension, which is King's nonfiction book about, about college. Sorry sorry to digress right
2: there. No, I asked. I, uh,
3: no, 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 no.
4: We, we were wondering. Yeah.
3: But, hey, back to The Beggar and the Diamond. Um, so, all right, really quick. A parable is is like a story with a lesson, right, with kind of yeah. Bu- yeah. biblical overtones a little, a little bit? Is that the exact definition?
0: I, I, I just feel parable. like it's just like, yeah, you're learning a lesson yeah. from... Mm-hmm. Whatever the story is, what
3: what did y'all learn from this?
0: <laughs> Never I again. Learned,
2: I learned <laughs> that King is like not at all shy about being like I appropriated this story. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in his I'm author's sorry. note. Does anyone know that why he? wrote
4: That was kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. When he wrote the the beggar and diamond, oh. Um, or why I'm he sure. wrote
0: like why did he decide to I guess reinterpret it or almost word I don't know if it's word for word because I forgot to look up the actual parable. Uh... But I just kind of was wondering why he thought or he thought it was to take it upon himself to write the story and add like tack it on there. Someone read the little author's note.
3: Here, I got it. Yeah. It's, um, okay. Author's note. This little story, a Hindu parable in its original form, was first told to me by Mr. Surendra Patel of mm-hmm. Scarsdale, New York. I've adapted it freely and apologize to those who know it in its true form where Lord Shiva and his wife Parvati are the major characters.
0: But he never told me why he wrote this. Yeah, <laughs> like I, just, uh, yeah, I, don't like, know, I
2: bastardized
0: it. <laughs> yes. It, yet yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird like his him.
3: editor,
4: who he, who <laughs> it, to me, it's like he was like, oh, there's not enough stuff in this. Uh, maybe my editor will appreciate this if I throw it in at the very end, but but it'll be a little secret. I'm not going to put it in the table of contents. It, it, to me, it felt and like
2: when you are trying to get a guest out of your home and they're like, can I just have another glass of water? Like Unexpectedly. <laughs> Like I'm like, why is there another story behind the notes about the stories? <laughs>
3: one, it's it's weird too that he and I think this is what I mean too about backloading some of the oddities in the um, in this book. Like he okay, so in the, in the in the last one two three four five in these last like six stories, um, you've got the fifth quarter which is a crime thing. Okay, Kings aren't in crime before. Maybe it's not that. Uh, but then you have the doctor's case, which is this weird Sherlock Holmes riff. Mm. Then Omni's last case, which is more Tracial King, then Head Down, which is this nonfiction baseball story, then the baseball poem, then the appropriate parable. It's just like a string of <laughs> just I feel like dumping all the shitty stuff at, at the end. Um, and I know that I know well, King doesn't I, think this is shitty, but it, it it just felt the end the last stretch of of this book felt so strange to me.
4: Well, kind of going back to the intro, to me it felt like you know the whole just the whole story about you know the. The, the the old man like you know with the cane looking at looking or not looking at this diamond that's right in front of him.
2: A diamond the size of a tangerine from Dark Wait, Knight.
3: What? Sorry, yeah, that's, sorry. Michael, that's Michael my Kane's, terrible
2: Michael Caine impression. Michael Caine's
3: oh. line from, oh, from Some Dark people just want to watch thinking. the world bone. Is that the, the diamond the size Of a tangerine, of a tangerine. Yeah, yeah. No, not the same thing uh, But really It's like, oh, it's a good story It's <laughs> dark
4: night Sorry <laughs> Well, no My whole thing with that, though Is that Mel was saying in the intro Like how he's kind of setting it up That if you don't like the stories It's like You're kind of ruining the fun And I felt like this was kind of like Well, here All of these diamonds are in front of you And, and if, you, if you, you're <laughs> closing your eyes You missed it, you know <laughs> 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 Just kind of like A little fuck you at the end <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe, maybe there is, um, you know, because on his collections, so he always likes to have some previously unpublished stuff. But no, there's still, let's see, there's one, two, there's four previously unpublished works in here, including this one. Because at first I'm like, oh, maybe they wanted to make it more marketable and have some never-before-read stories. But Omni's um, Last Case wasn't published. House of Street wasn't published. And The Ten O'Clock People wasn't published. Um, oh, and Sorry, Right Number, the screenplay wasn't either. So I feel like he had plenty of other material to draw them in. But yeah, it, it, is, it is sort of a and it's not quite short enough to just feel like a little button to end things on you know what i mean like it's can not
2: I, yeah can go, I ahead, ask go ahead. if we say this is a parable what is the lesson it is teaching can anyone condense it into a sentence
4: uh, don't close your eyes just because
2: just I know, but i feel like i feel like it is i i think that the lesson is that we are we will only find what we are prepared to find, or something like that.
3: Yeah, I think it's well, like not realizing what's in feel... front of
2: you.
0: Yeah, but then but I, I mean, he. Like... Yeah, because he was yeah, appreciate. Well, my thing is that didn't he decide to like close his eyes only because he was like, I need to stop complaining so much. Yeah, and reali-, like appreciate the good things in life. So, so you're meant to
2: side. You think the beggar is like why? It's like we're meant to, we're meant to think he's wise to bypass the diamond and to like get the cane instead. I feel like.
4: Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's, to me, it sounds like he's trying to make sense of the world and he's trying to kind of uh, anticipate what he thinks is it, what he should be doing. And he's saying out loud, like, well, what I really should be doing is like, you know, being thankful for the fact that I have my eyesight. So I'm going to close my eyes and do this and this and this. But I, I don't know. It's like kind of like almost trying to, trying to, make sense of the world or trying to understand it when it's like, no, it's this isn't this isn't your world to understand this like like almost trying to be God, you know? And then like when I feel you like the, try by to... doing that he misses the, the 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 treasure that's right in front of his eyes by trying to think about things too much. And I think that's what King's trying to say with this just short story set where he doesn't want you to think too much about these stories. He just wants you to kind mm. of enjoy them in general.
2: I, I feel like the ungenerous reading is like <laughs> people who are poor and unfortunate get there because they are like willfully blind (laughs) like it's it's like an Mm. enforcement of class divides (laughs) that this guy like won't ever leave his cast because he because he's convinced himself that he should be grateful
0: for what he does have Mm, and not to go above that or like work for something different yeah
2: yeah or like think that he deserves more
0: Mm, And like or maybe that if you don't appreciate what you have where when you start appreciating what you have better things come along because then he's supposed to find the walking stick later. I mean, uh, yeah, he's supposed to find the walking stick later. So maybe that's kind of the point of if you focus on what you have now and the good things in life, it gives you the motivation or it leads you on a path towards even better things like motivation, uh, uh, good energy, positivity, like leads yeah to better things. I don't know. I'm that's stretching. A more real gen- hard. That's
2: a more generous reading than like stay in your yeah. lane, poor person.
0: <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of it from the hi- the is it the Hindi? Yeah, from the Hindi yeah. point of yeah. view because I haven't read the original version. So, and didn't he say? I
4: read somewhere that the the original version was focused on two different characters mm. more so that this was kind of like. Well, here's this character that's in the story, and we're just going to focus on on him more so. I, I think I read that somewhere. So it's, it's it's not exactly the actual Hindi parable. So it's like, was it's very, I
0: think God was Shiva, and then instead of it being like an archangel, it was his wife. But they're still talking right, about it. Right. I think you're right. Right. But oh, I don't know if the dynamics of like huh. husband and wife versus like God and like archangel, I don't know if that.
4: Even <laughs> yeah, that that too. definitely changes things, I think
0: it's it just uh, speaks to the uh <laughs> the vagueness of
2: the parable that none of us like, can really <laughs> parse it
4: well if you'd all join me in closing your eyes and uh skipping skipping past these these two stories we just talked about <laughs> this poem and uh the beggar and the diamond i think it's time to move to number 22 the fifth quarter now the fifth quarter I believe was uh, kind of coming coming from from a Bachman-esque because uh, cause it's very uh, uh, a gangster tale and uh, it has that kind of you know Richard Bachman feel. What, well, what his, do you guys his
2: think? single note on it is Bachman again, or maybe George right. Stark.
3: Ooh, a little. No, uh, I, don't know. I little mean, I
4: think. Yeah, what if, they, what if George Stark did write this? Do you think it would be better or worse?
3: I think it would be better because better. I, my, my issue with this story is that it almost felt... And I actually like a lot of King's um, crime, detours into crime, but it felt a little quaint to me. I don't know, it just, it just felt so slight, like the actual event that happens. I, was anyone a fan of this story? I, I certainly wasn't, but I if anyone else was.
0: It was definitely not my lowest, for sure. Uh, I kind of... it Like, it wasn't something that I overall enjoyed it was just like ah oh, that's a good story i guess uh he gets revenge for his friend and then just kind of rides off into the sunset with fear in his heart because he someone might come for him is the concept yeah. Of that
3: yeah it's just kind of like a little like a little chestnut you know like a little chestnut <laughs> yeah the,
4: this one was kind of in the middle for me because it, it you know it was just kind of like fine you know uh i like <laughs> i liked a couple there. of moments in the in the story i, I think the scene when he's when when the lead character is is like shining the flashlight around the room and then he, mm. he hits the guy and his eyes are like glowing green like Starch, in the light, yeah. like really quickly oh, like I really cool, like yeah. that description that was kind of cool. Um, that's really all I really <laughs> remember from the story. Think- <laughs> I mean, basically, it's this guy. I mean, yeah, the, the guy's got what is it? It's 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 five five portions of this map.
2: No, there's four. He-
4: there's four, but what's the fifth quarter?
2: It's the person. He's Six. like. He's the, he's, fifth the quarter. Fifth quarter. he's the extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that.
3: Yeah. Well, um, and I this think...
4: story really, really stuck with me. Y'all.
3: <laughs> well, I think also, I don't know. It, it did feel a little bit like a precursor to. Um, I think it's "Everything's Eventual," the death of Jack Hamilton, which is a, this uh, John Dillinger story that I actually like quite a bit. And I think the reason I, I dig that one a lot more is because it's kind of about John Dillinger's. Um, I think it's. I think it's like his his last days on a on a farm, or he's dying, or something and i feel like it's just much more character driven the action's almost a, an afterthought whereas in this one i felt like the big payoff yeah this fifth quarter thing and this kind of single action scene we get it's it's not a it's not a spectacular enough payoff with enough fireworks to make the story just hang its head on that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it would well, be one thing if there's other stuff. Yeah, we're going to say that. Well.
2: This is a discussion we're probably going to have multiple times over the course mm-hmm. of these stories is like conceit over character, which I think yes. is this this, this <laughs> collection's main problem. This felt like there's so many problems here. One is that King is really bad at dropping us into anything and in media rest because he's so, he's so reliant on exposition anyway that even when he tells things linearly, you can kind of get bogged down. But if you start in the very middle... You're like, oh man, like, this is just really not not his element. And you become aware that he's just... His whole goal with the story seems to me to have created, like, three k- different kind of cool Tarantino-esque personalities that he just wants to introduce and kill summarily. And... I, for a second, I got really interested because the, I think it's Sarge, or maybe it's the it's the last person that the main character J- encounters. Jasper whatever? Jasper. Jagger. Mm-hmm. Jagger. Jagger. <laughs> Mi- it's Mick Jagger. <laughs>
0: <Rolling> <laughs> I knew it. Um hey, calls, everybody calls just in, cool out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he refers to the protagonist as beautiful. He's like, where are you, beautiful? And I was like, oh, has this been a woman the whole time? And it I sort of like <laughs> turned it on its head for me. And then I was like, no. <laughs> I like went back and I was like, it's definitely not a woman it's this guy's just weird um yeah. and so i i wrote i don't care at all that's my only note for this story
3: i was also wrong about the dillinger story it's not dillinger's dying at someone else sorry i just want to clear the air so no constant listeners come oh. after me. but it, but yeah i do i i totally agree with mel's with what is saying about conceit of her character and, and i think with some of these stories that works really well i mean it, it kind of, if if most of the stories have one move it kind of depends on what the move is, right? Like Chattery Teeth to me has one move, but it's a really good move, and it's so weird and different compared to this one, which is essentially just a, a shootout, I guess. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, when there's nothing leading up to it, it just it just lands a little flat for me.
2: Well, I mean, the, if we were to theorize as to the goal of the story, like I feel like maybe he just thinks it's interesting enough as a slice of life from a person who is this versed in like everyday crime? And like, is that
0: interesting? Yeah. I was kind of confused in the characters. Cause in, uh, was it the main characters, Jerry? Cause at certain points he seemed very well versed in being a criminal. This was in his first rodeo, but then there would be flashes of him being nervous or afraid. And I wasn't sure if this was his first time doing it as a character, Uh, But I agree with Melware. it just kind of felt like I got dropped in and it was there were certain characters that he over explained and others that I just felt in the dark about and then again with Jagger when he popped in, he had the potential to be an interesting uh, uh, antagonist, especially even though the beautiful part was a little off, it could have taken another turn with how we portray certain villains. Uh, And I thought he could have been an interesting character, but then he just trips over, starts his body, and dies. Yeah. (laughs) Even the relationship (laughs) between the
2: protagonist and the dead person is never kind of... Like, Mm -hmm. ostensibly, this is because he's sort of getting... He's both, like, avenging his friend and trying to get this money. But, like, it seems like avenging his friend is is still a priority, but we don't know really anything about that relationship.
0: Gary
3: Sinise could not save this. <laughs> uh, this is Gary Sinise
0: doing this. <laughs> yeah. <song>? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: oh really?
0: Oh, I mean, that, yeah, it, sounds, that makes sense. It's, more, yeah. it's
3: kind of a rural setting. Um, uh, Gary, but yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. But he, it sounds like, uh, yeah, it sounds like his dulcet tones were not enough, or his grizzled tone <laughs> was not enough.
4: Do y'all think that this would have been a good Bachman book if it if it was uh, you know expanded?
2: I can't. I feel like it's impossible to say. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah it depends on what he did with it i mean i like it better than rage <laughs> <My land>. and <laughs> and Roadwork.
2: well I, I don't know if if he
3: expanded to the point where he could really lay out the well that's the, yeah that's my meaning, mechanisms guess, yeah those... like the if, if he could if he could get to the point where where it's so artfully plotted and and well i don't know this is my issue with with his crime stuff i like a lot of his cr- straight up crime books But when it gets to the the full-on detective genre, which I know this wouldn't fall into, but, like, the Hodges trilogy, because on one hand, I'm like, oh, if he expanded a full book, he could really go into this into detail. But then I think about The Outsider and and the Hodges trilogy, I'm like, I don't know, sometimes he falters when he does that. But if he he made this maybe a lean and mean 150-page novella-type deal and just really went into the mechanics of the plot and just added a a little bit more pizzazz to it, maybe it could be okay as a Bachman book.
2: It just feels like he wants to write a Quentin Tarantino, like, short film. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. i just like I picture know, the keyboard
3: like ah listen you fucking <laughs> just, just trying
2: to, try get, to like, just picture the, the scene the scene with sarge and the cowardly guy and the protagonist he is like incredibly tarantino like one yeah. of them is kind of like weeping and sarge is like shut your mouth and like he's got two shut. guns trained on him and it's like, shut your mouth you pissant uh, <laughs> or i, I
4: it. could see tarantino just like leaning over him in the director's chair just saying you know like like okay so like when are they gonna turn to werewolves
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's like can you see from dust to I, I i like the vampire stuff
0: I mean, come on, <laughs> i'm into the blood sex <laughs> yeah. well
4: uh the fifth people? quarter and i think it sits pretty comfortably at 22 did anybody have this higher in their rankings i'm going to start asking know, that as we wait, continue because uh, yeah I let, me pull, let I, me
3: pull up my my individual yeah. rankings because to, i feel like,
4: that as we continue i think some of these stories are going to be a lot higher on people's individual rankings. Yeah. Um, right. so I and went, then, one, and rather than through, kind of, yeah,
2: I went one through twenty-two. Fifth quarter was nineteen, so pretty bad. Okay. Well,
4: lucky nineteen. Uh,
3: I went one through uh, twenty-four, and I had this. I had this at the very last, which is weird because I feel like oh, wow. I I had Brooklyn August right above this at twenty-three, and I actually think I had the. Oh man, I had the. Oof. I had the beggar and the diamond well, pretty high. I don't know. I feel like ma- ma- <laughs> I, I did not, wow. not 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 high high, but like sixteen. So like you know, um, and I don't know, but I, I made these rankings right after I finished. And I was kind of keeping track as I read. So I feel like if I, I feel like I would put the beggar and the diamond. I would probably I, honestly I would probably go with about how we're going so far. Put the two the two poem things at the very bottom.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, I would. You know, I would probably put the fifth quarter. I would maybe put head down lower Dad, than
2: no, that. Dan, no, no, we're sorry. not
3: here yet. I know, no, I'm just, I'm like baffled by my rankings because I no feel like well, I have- you've got to steal Dan. no, I know. sorry, I'm, I'm like having an inner crisis because I feel like I have head down higher than it should be. Sorry, uh, anyway. I, now, hold, hold on, hold on, yeah, Dan. Yeah, sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs>
4: now, I had, I had this at uh, 16.
1: Wow.
3: I'm
4: and the, and I, I still stand by that because the problem is that I feel like I just had so many that were that that were either the same rating, or like right next to each other. And then when you when you know and and I was grading these as I was going, not thinking of like okay is this better than the first five stories I've read? You know what I mean? So going back, it was hard because I was like oh well all these are kind of around the same. And then Mm -hmm. I was like well I definitely think I'd like this one better than this one. But I also kind of you know after you sit with things for a while. You have kind of maybe you have a different rating, or maybe you like it a little bit more. And so I think when I went back to my ratings, some of those ratings changed a little bit when I saw what it was next to.
2: Right. Sure. That's part of the yeah. part of the process. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely.
4: Right. Uh, Aisha, did you have this uh, anywhere different, or do you think was this pretty low for you?
0: Uh, mine was like fifteen or sixteen. Honestly, I mean, it's pretty. It's were, neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there were other ones that I didn't like more than this one. Like there were th- glaring things th- uh, glaring issues that stuck out to me more than in this story so it kind of fell in the middle
3: yeah that's why f- and that's why I feel weird about ranking it dead last because I don't. I, I get why I did because it's so unmemorable, but it, there's nothing egregious in it necessarily. So I've, I, I don't know, guys. I'm just doubting myself right now looking at this. this, how this <laughs> you you got yeah, to charge ahead, yeah, Dan. I, I know I have to yeah. own my choices, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Should we All continue? Right.
4: Well, uh, I think that's it for the fifth quarter, and we're going to move to number 21 on the list, and that is dedication. Oh,
3: my God. oh boy, here this we go. Was
4: pretty. This was pretty low on my ranking. Apparently King states that this was the inspiration for Dolores Claiborne. Does anyone have thoughts on that before we move into the actual story?
3: I mean beyond we talked about this on the Dolores Claiborne episode beyond just be being about a I mean, I guess you could illustrate some similarity between the, the dynamic of a, a a person of lower means having to to tend to someone of higher means and both resenting and and admiring them a little bit. Like the, I'm thinking about the Doris a Dolores uh, Vera relationship, but 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 that's so different though. Like narrative wise, it's just so different from what this is. So maybe he was just trying it out as a character. Um, this idea of like a of a housekeeper mm. or a, a, in this case a hotel maid. Um, man, I don't even know where to begin with the story. It's I feel it's so notorious and I don't think it's aged well, and it's just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, that's.
2: Yeah. I, I want to hear what I would like to hear <laughs> ish's thoughts on yeah this. yeah okay. i
0: think maybe
1: that's taken who yeah. a was, yeah, who
0: was this uh author that he said was this was inspired did anyone ever find out because no. i tried to look and I, someone had said he said, ta- said he would reveal it and it was still 20 years later And that was like a, a note from t- 2018 so i have no idea who he yeah hmm. so you're talking about in the notes he says this was inspired by a famous author who was yeah.
2: notoriously an asshole
3: yes. Was it pat conroy maybe that's that's it reminded me of like just writing this kind of southern macho fiction about the war that was that was the only name that came to mind for me but i don't know
0: i had a brief thought and i was like i wonder if he's talking about this is before i read it yeah. i was like i wonder if he's talking about himself like he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm, but he's like one I day only I'll tell you how much now, i only thought that now am. yeah <laughs> i oh yeah i don't know honestly to I had it higher on my list than where it is only because the cringeworthy scene where she sucks the semen off the the sheets and can't stop herself. Uh, So for me, that was a kind of horror. So I had it ranked a little bit higher, Uh, but it just kind of felt like, I don't know, just an excuse to use every negative possible word phrase yeah. stereotyped and get it out there under the guise that he's talking about this author who is coming to visit and i couldn't really understand why that when the was it the the i guess they called her a voodoo priestess or uh a, a bruja a bruja <laughs> yeah that, there was yeah. so much yeah. crossing and mixing of like yeah. uh cultural things as well in terms right, of like right. bruja and like Black Cre- Creole type uh, uh, mysticism and religion. I was like, where did you get your information? <laughs> who 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 was your resource for this? Was, was <laughs> a that <bad> one. <laughs> I he seemed like he took <laughs> yeah, a lot right. of uh, creative license. Honestly, yeah. With that one. And. Uh, Oh, I think one of my sh- my notes is j- literally just WTF mm-hmm. written out very long. <laughs> my first two like are just page. this is so weird and gross and then this is so weird and gross. Was it there was one point where he said that shit about or no my note was that shit about how men are dark on the inside but when oh. they come it comes out as white light out of the darkness. And no. <laughs> never thought that before. <laughs> I didn't either. I pause, and um, I think Lindsey Kraus, Lindsey Kraus, was the one who read this one. I don't Lindsay know if Yeah. I don't know, yeah.
3: yeah. Hmm, interesting. Oh, I, can I? It's weird too because then it, it the, the the, sorry, the line about the white, the all men are white, and so then it's doing this weird thing. Even though I I think he's trying to do a, a very anti-racist story, he is still equating whiteness with goodness, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Which he does not everything he writes, yeah. ever. Right, because yeah. the father is like, why does the natural father have to be this white racist man just because he's famous? I was like, I'm sure there yeah. are tons of other people in that, that come to that hotel that she could have used. And also just the shifty inwardness of how they tr- they uh, present her husband. Mm-hmm. Like, why does it always have to be the narrative of, like, the abusive, shifty, no-good, thieving, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, black male with this woman i don't know there was a lot of issues i had with this
2: i i took a lot of notes on the stories that i found i found to be like genuinely offensive (laughs) um and i found this one to he's simultaneously trying to implicate white people for their racism while doing a racist dialect like which he's like really good at um and B engaging in that weird sort of color blindness where he's sort of equating everyone um, through the witch character and her view of, like, equal opportunity assholes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some great homophobia in here. Like, I almost... It's disgusting on so many levels to me. It's like, I might be into a story that debases someone through a bodily brand of witchcraft, but the wrong person is certainly debased here. Like, her gender, her race, what she goes through, especially in service of her son who wants to write masculine war stories. She has to ingest dried semen so that her son not her can channel talent which is just more mm. war stories while the white man in the transaction only has to eat half of a gross penis mushroom and i think <laughs> i think like it's doubly Great. fucked for what it portrays and then the gleeful sort of naivete that suffuses it. Like, what's most offensive to me is how it thinks it's pushing boundaries in only one juvenile way, and then it's, like, completely ignorant of, of how it's actually straight-up trash. Like, yes. it doesn't it doesn't set out to offend on high-stakes lines. It actually considers itself rather enlightened, and
0: that just, like, adds to what's really uh, yeah. disgusting about I, it. I kind of feel like he patted himself on the back after right. he wrote this.
4: <laughs> yeah, like, when he reads that how passage where he's like, it? Martha... <laughs> Yeah, yeah no when he writes that password like martha's reading the guy's books because she's really interested in and in seeing like like what what is it about these books and then she's like you know i
0: kind of i kind of like them <laughs> like, yeah you know he might be a racist and terrible person who celebrates the death of people and has nazi parties but you know he's a great writer and that just trumps everything <laughs> and
2: he's oh, it's funny precious about writing ta- again He's like writing is the th- it's like not even it doesn't matter what the person is. It's like this
0: weird external talent that moves through mm. you like semen that makes him better. And he's yeah, was it, I forgot what he said at the end or towards the end where to explain his character that him writing create makes him uh gives access to this like happy, cheerful world that he wishes he had access to, mm-hmm. but doesn't. He's like a romantic. And I was like, what kind of excuse me? What kind of BS? <laughs> Are you are you writing on this page to get me to like? Are you trying to get me to like this character? Right. So
3: <laughs> no, it's uh, weird about this story. So it has two dollar baby adaptations of it. That's uh, yes, I saw
2: reprehensible.
3: well, way too many,
2: way too
4: many
3: to get this. as weird. Both directed by women, which makes it the only yes. dollar baby story to to exclusively be directed by women. Uh, one of them is a black woman, uh, which is the one that came out a few years ago, and then this other one, I think it's about to come out, is a white German one, and I was trying to find the ad- these adaptations online, because like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, like, with the right person directing it it, it, it could be really good, maybe they're getting some nuances that I'm not seeing in the story. I couldn't find it anywhere, but I did find a picture of these two women, the two directors, they met up in Germany randomly, and it was like, they have this Facebook photo, it's like, oh, the two directors of Stephen King's dedication, and, and like, I'm so curious to see these adaptations at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that makes the story good or anything like that. I'm just, I just, am like yeah. genuinely curious what, what no, do No, I am as well. It. I would yeah. love to
2: be a fly on the wall during whatever conversation occurred between those two women. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, and the, these are like the, the one, um, the one who directed the the version that already came out, she's a pretty renowned chef and photographer. And like the, the trailer, like the stills look good. Like it looks like, it looks like these were pretty artfully made adaptations mm-hmm. and, and honestly i'm more curious like did, did they change anything narratively did they, i'm, I'm just fun. really curious to see what they've done with it so hey if you're if you're out there um directors uh hit us up send us send us a file um or maybe not maybe i'm the only one who'd be interested in seeing that no <laughs> i'd
0: like to see because i saw that it was <laughs> no, two I'm women only, who I'm did curious. that and i want to yeah. see what they did with it yeah
3: yeah yeah this no, was I'm lowest on my list well.
2: this was 22
4: Oh yeah, where, I, where was it for everybody else?
2: I
0: had
3: I'm I'm I am I am with Isha that I had it higher not because I think it's it's um, great by any means, uh, but I I hate to say this like I did remember it a little bit more than stuff like fifth quarter and like the the grossness was so gross that I'm like Ugh, <laughs> I like remember it, a yeah. human
2: centipede. Boy. No, I know I know you guys are gonna say that. I never it's like,
3: like oh it did like no, but I I think I just I mean it's not high on there. I think it's I felt like 19 or 20 or something like that. So it's it's still pretty bottom of the barrel, but I was sort of I almost couldn't believe it was written. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I mean, if I guess if Human Zampied was in this collection, I would probably put it pretty pretty high. Also, <laughs> also. but yeah, I mean so it was, it was still low for me, but was not the bottom of the barrel. And maybe I don't I don't know if it's bad just to put the boring stuff at the bottom below the problematic stuff. But the, yeah, the boor- there were just a couple of really really boring stories that I just didn't remember super well when I ranked them.
4: Yeah, I had it pretty low as well. Yeah. It was probably... I think it was like... I don't think there's only
3: three that were under it, but... What would have happened if one of us was like... Defending yeah, dedication. Yeah, like, it's this amazing. is number five for me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, yeah, I, after all this material like, talk, someone's just like, well, I actually had it number two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I had heard about the... This, I mean, I must have read this story when I was little. I'm sure I just I'd blocked out my memory, but this was... Rereading it, I mean, I'd heard so much about this story before, like bad things about this story before.
2: I had heard so much that I thought it literally didn't exist. I was like, people talk about this story like it's an urban legend, but he didn't actually (laughs) write it. And then I was like, oh my God,
0: like it's real. I definitely think I put it higher too because of the audacity he had to put yeah. it out there. I was just like, you know what, Stephen? Because I was really pissed about Head Down, so I think anything from me was higher than Head Down. A, that, that's the thing.
3: Like I think like Brooklyn, August, and Head Down, like Fifth, these qu- kind of boring. I'm at- look, I, oh, I, guys, I, we're gonna
2: get into it. Get
3: there? I, feel like I feel like I feel like I know. I feel like I, I feel like I'm, I'm putting my phone in my mouth' cuz like, oh, Dan, oh, Dan thinks it's cool to put interesting racist stories above boring stories. So that's not what I'm saying, but like. Yeah, there's something just really like, it stuck to you. It yeah, stuck dig to that you.
4: grave down. I keep hey, then the imagery in this story,
3: that man slurping dried semen off a bed sheet mm. just.
4: Oh, oh, I will say I, that I, that was in the um, cemetery for me. That was a that was, that was pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty. It's yeah.
2: like in the cemetery behind the cemetery. Like. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's so gross too because she talks about it like
0: like
3: ooh, I just couldn't help myself,
0: like, right? It's Can so you, nasty. Oh. Yes.
3: Yes. Oh, man.
4: Disgusting. The relief uh, she had I, that
0: I, she didn't have to suck the sheets anymore was the same relief I had for her.
4: <laughs> I just wrote, I wrote, page page 247, scooping up and eating, quote-unquote, Jeffrey's jizz.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just, just abysmal. I, I looked up also Stephen King, John Grisham, Pat Conroy, and Peter Straub have all talked at events together. So King would know Pat Conroy. They might be friends. I don't know. But he was... When I just heard Southern, like, war fiction, I, I immediately went to him. But it, it might not be him. Who knows?
4: Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Conroy has a pretty pony? Because that's our next story, <laughs> clocking in at number 20, I would my say he does because he's dead pony.
3: And, and time got him. The pretty pony got him. So oh. oh
4: yeah! Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Did anyone anyone uh, love this love this Dan story? Does. Dan does. <laughs> was this like number five for someone?
0: Is that for real? Now th- now, I do. now I reading about the background <laughs> on
4: this. Now hold on, hold on. The background on this, I believe that this was supposed to be uh, a Bachman book. Uh, he was he was thinking of writing a full length novel, and this was going to be like a flashback in that book, but then he ends up just giving up and just writing the my pretty pony story uh dan why do you think this is some of King's <laughs> best work
3: i love how mel was saying. i just I like picture it. like us all sitting next to each other mel like pointing like look he liked it he did it he did it like she's tattling on, she's tattling on me for for uh kick it, putting a kick me sign on the teacher um it's okay
2: this is gonna be me in a little while so you know oh, it's fine i mean
3: i feel i feel like you had such an articulate takedown of dedication i don't have an equally articulate appraisal of uh of this story but i i I guess just going off memory this is what i dug about it um i will say it it does it toes the line between the the folksiness we talk about and being genuinely touching and nostalgic and i recognize that the dialogue between the grandpa and the kid can get a little yeah a little folksy and a little precious but I just really like this central metaphor of, of time and death being a pretty pony this thing that you're kind of that lures you and you're kind of always chasing after I don't know that just that just stuck with me and that I'm, I'm always a sucker for stuff about old people dying <laughs> in general I think Jeez. and I like that I, I felt like there was just enough color to the dialogue between the the grandfather and the kid to make it sweet but then also the you know with him dying at the end it has a little bit of bite to it and I just felt like it was a really realistic assessment of timing or uh, sorry, of time and aging and mortality, which I actually think King does pretty well across the board. I think it's one of the stronger seeds. That's why I really dug it. It was the kind of one non nasty gross horror story that I really liked in this collection. I, I really tend to go more toward the really nasty ass shit in this in Nightmares and Dreamscapes. So I so I, I like the nightmares, but I, this is the one dreamscape that really stuck high with me. It just uh, resonated with me. That's my defense of it. But did, uh, did you? Did Sounds you, like I'm alone,
4: Dan. What do you say? Did you particularly like the Peter pinches that were strokes? The mm-hmm. Peter pinches.
3: pinches. Oh, the <laughs> uh, like the yeah, like the what, like the him pinching his cheek or whatever. I think no, how his sister. Was wait say all right yeah, his sorry, sister is like
1: fully
2: molesting him his, that's what his i was sister like is I was,
4: like definitely touching this this penis. Yes, oh yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, i don't know man She's just I, like I, say the word she's touching his penis
3: <laughs> <laughs> i just heard dan say oh well i don't know I, no 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 hold on look at the order of this i was like oh was i just i mean it's after maybe i was just numbed from dedication because it's after dedication <laughs> <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything else just seemed quaint to me uh, when it came to sex um I don't know, man. Brothers and sisters like do oh, weird, gross Dan. shit to each other. No. <laughs> oh, look! I'm not. I'm not, sisters, I'm not trying. I'm not, tra- I'm not trying to say this, this is isn't the most. a
2: Lena Dunham situation. No, no, no. I, mean,
3: I cannot get I like, canceled Dude. off of this story. It's not fair. <laughs> no, no. I, uh I. Oh, you know what? Did no, I back?
4: Sorry, no. I no. You go ahead, and defend it.
3: Oh, <laughs> yes, you assholes! No, I'm not, not saying. <laughs> look, I can. En- I can enjoy some aspects of the story. <laughs> And appreciate them without without endorsing. I have to admit the Peter Pinches. I had forgotten about them until until y'all just mentioned them. I don't, I, and once again, I, I hope that doesn't say gross things about me. I just no, I really no. Forgot. I
2: think. It's not like it's no, not like a story containing like, molestation makes it a worse story. Like that's not what yeah. we're saying. We just think it's funny that you didn't pick yeah. up on. Our- <laughs> no, no, I, I'm sure I did
3: when I read. It. I think I just forgot. I've I read these stories so long ago at this point. Like begin COVID. Look, Dan, I begins. wrote it
4: down in my misery section for this story. That's the only reason oh, why I, I didn't it write. Down. I, I, I but, didn't think we
3: were doing sections. so I didn't write it down. But well, yeah, all right, wait. I, let I me just ask you kinda, this, I like, just
4: kind of, I loosely used our our sections so that I could yeah. kind of have a, a a template here for my thoughts. Let but me, there is something's dominion.
3: Let me ask you this though, real quick, before we get into that stuff. All okay. Right. Yeah. I, all right. Obviously, I, I, y'all didn't like it. That's that's totally cool. Did anyone at least appreciate the central metaphor of it, just the kind of conceit of the story, or was it lame to you and and cheesy? The idea of the of the pretty pony.
0: I mean, it's uh, universal. Yeah. Honestly, like I I didn't like the the use of a pony as a description of time but i did like the idea of the story of like how you get older and how time moves with you because i mean that's something i'm experiencing now in my 30s like what the hell is happening every day is like flying by um but it was kind of just a slow story for me that there were little parts that like popped into my head like i think when he talks about levi's and i and in my head i was like i've never heard levi's or certain kinds of jeans described as jew pants or (laughs) users and then there was a part where he talks about the natural man when he's talking to his grandson about i guess a game that he was playing yeah the game he was playing earlier hide and go seek and he says you didn't do no bitching about it and that was right because a natural man never does no bitching they call it bitching because it ain't for men or even boys smart enough to know better and brave enough to do better and I was like, um I don't Gross. know. There's probably like, that goes into the idea of like the word bitch and how it's used with females and how it's mm-hmm. usually like a uh negative female connotation sometimes. Um and then this way it felt like that. It's like you're calling another way of calling him a little girl if he was out there bitching, but a real man doesn't cry or like Yeah I guess defend themselves or I guess snitch. I don't know. There was pro- for me that was a
2: all of, yeah, Where's all of King's folksy isms come with gender essentialism that always makes me mm. really uncomfortable in that same way. Yeah. And I found this story so tiresomely folksy that it was like self-parodic. Mm. Like it was you, you it, hate the folksiness, Mel. Mm. No, right? I, I do. Like, I <laughs> mean, yeah. I will say, Dan. New I mean, there are, there are a part, there are, is a sentence or two in here <laughs> that I thought was masterful, which was mm-hmm. he's talking about how time gets away from you and Mm -hmm. this is after he's sort of done most of it and he says he sighed looking around as if to remember where exactly it was that they were his face had a momentary look of utter helplessness that disgusted the boy as much as it frightened him Mm -hmm. he didn't Mm want to feel that way but couldn't help it it was as if grandpa had pulled open a bandage to show the boy a sore which was a symptom of something awful something like leprosy i thought that rang so true um and was really really well done but it was like a gem in a pile of fake gems (laughs) so
3: but i feel like he and that and i think that's what i mean though getting at this idea like of time and aging just not just seeming sad and and melancholy but scary too and i feel like he for me i'm always a big fan of sticking the landing and i feel like sometimes i forgive other things in the story because because the land the ending is so good and i feel like he gets the story veers more into that stuff at the end than it does dirty old old uh poor Maine person you know or is this in maine I, I i can't remember um but uh yeah, I feel like it skews more toward the contemplative at the end than the gross ass, um, folksy stuff. So, anyway, hey, I can't, I can't defend some of the stuff. But I just like the story. I games mean, by folksy, sorry. I don't mean <laughs>
2: gross ass stuff. By folksy, I just mean like cliched, saccharin, like out here we know what really matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah but I, I do feel like. Remembers. I do feel like, yeah, King, remembers. I
3: do feel like more often than not, though, because of of. King being raised in blue collar Maine. I feel like he usually puts those words in the mouths of uh, lower class characters, right? Or like poor characters or or whatever you want to say. So like and I feel like he, I feel like King mixes on it's kind of like a Tom Waits song in a weird way, right? Like Tom like Tom Waits seeing these like very heightened fictional or stylized versions of of uh impoverished people. That so I feel I feel like maybe that's why I associate focusing this kind of with like yeah. King's King's blue collar characters a little bit more.
4: Yeah, I also feel like this. This to me, like I had just watched the movie 1900. Have you all seen that with Robert De Niro and Gerard no. Depardieu? No, I don't yep. think so. It's long as hell, but it <laughs> he follows them when they're two when they're two children living like on this 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 little province or whatever. And and so it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of this of that kind of old fashioned imparting of this knowledge to to children that are not ready for it. But when you get older, you try to make sense of it. There, I, I, I like the idea of the story, and I also like the idea that this could have been flashbacks to, you know, because they they said that when this this boy grew up, that he becomes this hitman, and that was what the real story was going to be, and this was just a flashback. And I was like, that's kind of cool, but mm. just kind of take pilfered from that and just kind of pluck put into this short story collection. It just didn't, it just didn't ring true. Although I do like the pretty pony. Metaphor or whatever. Yeah. Do,
3: do you like the Peter Pinch? Was it Peter? Peter Pinches.
0: <laughs> Peter Pinches. Peter <laughs> Pinches uh, Peter like, sound
4: remember, sound pretty awful, but the ones that were strokes sound uncomfortable. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> oh, man. I, is Wait, anybody that else have anything to say about this one? That
2: was number twenty on our list. Oh.
4: That was number twenty. Okay, on that's. List. I think that
2: might be the only one where like my rating made it through to the average rating. It was number twenty for me as well.
4: Oh, okay. this was I think dead last for me.
0: Uh, did you all know that Jerry Garcia does the audio for this one? <laughs> oh, that's
3: Billy? Really? The Grateful Dead's yeah. here?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: That kind of makes sense wow. in a weird way. That's, what's his
2: voice? I feel what's like I'm tongue? missing a whole
0: other experience with the know. It definitely know. was a different experience. It doesn't sound like it, but he went very well into the folksy character, almost to a point. But. I, I don't know. I didn't recognize it was his voice until I had to look it up afterwards.
3: Was it I, I whenever I hear no, about the celebrities I, doing these, I always picture them saying just the worst phrases in it like the Peter like oh Peter Pinches or whatever. Just <laughs> funny. <to> imagine. <laughs> or like wait, who did you say did the dedication one again? It was someone Uh like that.
0: Lindsay Krause. Lindsay uh, Krause. I don't know what their voice
3: Yeah, me neither. I don't know their voice sounds like it's
0: She just... was terrible. I my note was not a fan of her as a reader.
3: Man, oh. she, y'all, she tried where, to do the where was she tried yours? to do ethnic
0: voices. That's is, is she a white
3: woman or, or
0: I don't know. I'm about to look. Uh, yes, yeah, she's an a- American actress. Uh oh, she's one of those. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but down. no American actress. Yeah, where where did you have this ranked, Isha?
0: Uh It was more. Where did I have it? I think I had it at like eighteen. No, or not. 18? Okay. Let me just okay. check. This is, yeah, 18 or 19.
3: This is all ringing. Dan, where you're was it for all you? True. Yeah, you're not going to like where I have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> number two. <laughs> where uh, is
3: it, Dan? It's, uh, it's number, I had it at number five for, for me. Oh, so, so what? So. Wow.
4: wow, number five. You heard it here first, folks. Dan <laughs> Caffrey. Number five. My <laughs> Pretty we Pony. Um, well, let's go to another uh, number uh not (laughs) 20 good segue 19 (laughs) i know know. i'm I'm trying to do randall proud and it's just i'm digging my own grave here uh but we're gonna move to a number that even king likes and that's 19 it grows on you
2: oh i have another rant for this one i'm really excited
4: all right mel why don't you start us off okay okay yeah
2: um The content of this story, were it delivered to me as a pitch or in a synopsis, would be really charming and amazing. I would want to read it. The execution of this story is hot, hot garbage. This story is a small study in so many of King's faults. The purpleness of the prose is masquerading as thoughtful, cohesive detail while overwhelming the reader, from the descriptions of the setting to all the different names. The wind sniffs and then the heat sniffs later. There are metaphors (laughs) everywhere. How can a smell of coffee beans be both vague and tremendous? And how is a shed crepuscular? Crepuscular means like having to do with twilight, like an animal is crepuscular. Maybe he just went online and found a random word. (laughs) It's, you know, it (laughs) sort of reads like that. The treatment of Korra in this story is so bad that it verges on the epiphanic for King by the end. Like, he actually almost identifies what the problem with Korra is. He says something to the extent of, like, it's almost like she was just this sexual metaphor for all these men. Like, note how she herself is reduced to a piece of the setting. Like, she's described in the same way. She's meant to, quote unquote, kindle to, like, give birth Um, His point of view problem is only the first stepping stone in this issue. Like, one thing we talked about in Needful Things was whether this omniscient narrator has a voice or is channeling voices. And so can we assign sort of offensive or racist or fatphobic or sexist motivations to the actual narrator? Or is it all kind of coming from the characters? And my viewpoint after this story is it actually doesn't matter because there's never a voice that dissents with the portrayal of women like this. King King and his characters are incapable of thinking that way. Like, women are either beauties or they're, like, enormous bags of grain. King, like, cannot write about a fat woman or any woman he would find unattractive without casting her undesirability as her primary trait. For him, beauty, read thinness, a certain uniquely feminine serenity, almost always correlates with internal goodness. And ugliness, read fatness, loudness, a certain uniquely feminine overbearing presence, almost always correlates with internal badness. I was thinking about this, and Carrie kind of slides from one side to the other, but that only further supports the spectrum, because when she flirts with goodness, she appears more beautiful. Like, one is not possible without the other. I hated this story so much. <laughs> it didn't grow on wow, you. I, just... <laughs> I wish and we
4: could just insert that I know that we're returning that, to Castle Rock, and I was like,
2: wow, <laughs> what a fucking... What a fucking, like, kick in the face to the Castle Rock legacy. And again, I like the conceit. I really love the idea of, like, wow, this house is, like, there's annexes being added to this house. And, like, nobody really knows why. And it's got this really fucked up history. But this story was, like, so badly written and woven through with, like, all of King's sort of, like, awful bigoted blind spots. I guess he's not racist in it. So (laughs) thank God for small (laughs) favors. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But like no, that's probably because there's no people of color in it. So
4: this story was nominated in 1993 for best short story Locus Award.
0: Bluff. Are you? Sick?
4: I mean, like, I, <laughs> just, like I, now th- I will say this. Okay, I didn't like it either. <laughs> I, I was when I hit this story. I think I, I was like pretty pretty into the whole entire short story collection so far. You know, there were some I didn't love, but I was like I was definitely in, invested reading it. I lost my way so many times in this story. I had to go back multiple times to reread what I just read. I was like, are, are, "What is? What is the point? What are we getting at?" And then, and then I read that it was nominated for best short story. I thought I gotta go back and read this again. <laughs> am I just like missing something? Was am I thinking of something else? Or, you know, am I not? Am I distracted? Uh, yeah, this this was. Um, not a fit. this was not a favorite of mine. This was definitely in the mm-hmm. bottom tier there. Uh, Dan, did you have it really high? <laughs> I mean I had it pretty high. Oh,
3: I, I can't <laughs> yes. I can't but I, I can't. I like that, Dan, I, I like that. But I can't compete I mean, with me. Mel Mel just had this Mal's like beautifully about. written like that belongs like a New York Times book review. Pros, like I can't, I can't argue. I feel like I feel like any any praise I have, I just it's not going to stand up against that. So, like, um I I feel like I need to I need to concede. I and mean, you did mid- win
2: an award, Dan. Like I mean, I don't know. Like I,
3: I, I and people I, and were I, out there. <laughs> I don't mean to. Well, no, that's okay. I mean, I guess we can talk about this stuff. You know, I, I know this gets in the weeds a little bit, but. Um, you know, I do. I do wonder if I maybe just have a bigger blind blind spot than I would like to admit when it comes to King's more problematic writing. Not that I don't identify it, because we've talked a lot about it a lot on this podcast. But I do feel like maybe I'm more forgiving of it when I, when I do like the central idea of a story. And um, I'm not saying that's a good thing necessarily, but I think it's. I think I I just have blinders on sometimes when uh, when it comes to reading that stuff because I really. I really love the idea of the, the town being this kind of parasitic thing and ju- and just, I mean, I, I think King all, always writes about small towns as having this physical malevolence in them with, with a lot of artistry. We see it in Derry. We see it in Salem's Lot and we see it in Castle Rock. And, um, and also too, I read Needful, I guess all of you probably read Needful Things right before this. Um, and there's issues in that with a lot of the, especially with a lot of the women characters, but it, it felt like tonally kind of in step with Needful Things to me. So, I just enjoyed that it was a coda. And once again, it does get nasty in in, a, uh, in the kind of, not, not, not possession, but whatever, the, the house or whatever taking over um, in ways that I found genuinely to be scary. So that's my it, defense. I think it is
2: yeah. a genuine, I would agree that there are moments yeah. in it that are really scary. And yeah. I also think, I also think you know, I'm not, this is a an accumulation that is kind of now yeah. pouring out of me. Like, it's mm. just, I've read so much King that at this point I'm like,
0: Read, I'm and I, to I haven't burst. even read as much King as you, as any of you, and there's just I feel I'm not I, I'm not gonna go over what Mal already went through because she kind of went through a lot of the emotions and feelings I've had a lot yeah. with King's writing, but it yeah. had I think a lot of my disappointment outside of that because I've learned to kind of put this not wall, but idea in my head that I have to like separate out all the issues that I have with his writing in general, because of what we've just talked about Mm -hmm. to try to glean out like the actual good writing. And this, this, for me, the story had the potential to be good. I was expecting this house to have this kind of like malevolent or uh, underhanded uh, reason for what's going on with this particular main character that they talk about in his life if the the house itself had some sort of backstory that we were going to be clued into that is causing it to have all these issues, like maybe that drove Cora to die and like do all these things. But it just Mm -hmm. kind of, again, when I went back to read it and listen to it again, it, the way he describes Cora, it was just kind of a blare, like an unnecessary, it seemed like an unnecessary Uh, description for and then how he connected it with basically this is why she was a terrible person Mm -hmm. going back to what Mel said of like terrible on the inside terrible on the outside only these pristine uh, females can have some sort of like goodness to their soul Uh, and also I was kind of annoyed that there were no other characters outside of these these men just sitting around talking about from the outside perspective I wasn't really getting the horror that I wanted and I think that was also a disappointment for me
3: yeah and, and it's it's weird too because and I, th- I think at the nail on the head too like when you have to kind of tease out the things you like about it and for me, like I said i I think the those often outweigh just the the typical shit I come to expect from King and yeah, especially with the fat phobia right I mean he does. Every overweight woman he writes about, like she's Grendel's mother. I mean, and that and that is, but I don't know. Maybe it's because like, I've seen so much of it, it's kind of like, oh well, whatever. I you know, I know that's an issue he has. And I don't like that stuff, but I like mm-hmm. the other stuff. But then it's funny because I think about someone like H.P. Lovecraft and I've, who's who, who has a big influence in a story we'll talk about later. Um, and I've never been able to get into Lovecraft's writing for for the, for some of the same reasons you said, about, like the purple prose. That I mean, with his case outright racism and everything. And it's just interesting. I don't know why I'm able to, I don't know why for me, it's not as much of an issue for me with King, at least while I'm reading it. um, And it is with certain other writers. I don't know why that's just because I've read him since I was a little kid, but but,
0: I was going to say that. Yeah. But
3: I mean, but that's, but that's the same with a lot of you too. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, I guess it's just kind of an active question. I want to keep front of mind as, um. as I continue these, uh, <laughs> these, these yeah. stories. I know I'm just like, it's true. I, I just felt, I also too, just from a purely, a pure place of aesthetic and articulation and eloquence, the way Mel laid that out, I'm just like, ah, shit. Like I was trying to think of like, what am I going to say about what I like about this story? Cause it, no, it was just, it was, it was very well thought out and I, I totally hear all of, all of that too. And, uh, and recognize it.
2: Again, yeah, no, I'm I, I'm throwing everyone under the bus because I'm <laughs> I'm about to be under the bus and I
0: look forward to <laughs> it <laughs> till the very. That is totally,
4: to okay. totally okay. That's totally. I mean, no, look, I thought that I, was I like beautiful, that having... and I. No, go ahead. No, I
3: I love that we're having like wildly different opinions. Well, it is weird because I don't think we're at all running into a case of. No, these things aren't in the story. It's like no, of course these things are in the story because they're in every they're in so many <laughs> King stories, and I guess yeah. we're we're all having different levels of um. Of, of, yeah, just, uh, I don't even want to say tolerance, but just like, like it you said, now, it feels an like, though.
2: Especially, too, I think the short story format, like, I just started getting so fed up because it was showing up in different contexts again and again. Yeah. Which, like, I think in a yeah. novel, you might become inured to it more quickly, even though it's clearly also a problem in his novels. Like, getting it. This is so visible as to be like mm-hmm. a recurring thing in different contexts. Was to me just like, are you fucking kidding me?
3: <laughs> well, and short stories are like your thing too, right? Like, I mean, that's like your—that's like what you—they
2: are, they are indeed my thing.
3: Yeah, and they're—and uh, you shall. Those <laughs> stories are great. You shall read them. Um, she talks about fat women being uh, monsters in it and all all sorts of stuff. No I'm, kid- no, I'm kidding. Whoa. No, I'm kidding. No, no, She's she isn't. no, she doesn't do that. I'm, 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 I'm
2: Well, that's actually I, I try to do it the other way. Like I, I do. Yeah. I'm trying to write more about like women who identify as fat and like monstrosity that goes along with that and making it literal and powerful and everything mm-hmm. that King doesn't want to do. But
3: <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 weirdly enough, have a pretty big section in one of my plays about the word crepuscular so it did. It did make me mad that he didn't use that correctly um, about about the show. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I love that. Oh, uh, yeah. like you, that's, you, you, that's, you my, made that's my Dan big start issue. critiquing this story. the story. That's my one issue. <laughs> that's my big issue. He, he didn't
2: yeah, yeah, use yeah, the, yeah. a
3: scientific term.
4: I didn't care about all the other stuff so Mel this, said, but yeah, second, <laughs> I didn't like second that. Second
2: to last for me. This is twenty one. Second only to
3: dedication. Ooh, and... <laughs> man. Uh,
4: yeah, grows on you is pretty low for me too. Pretty I had it at seventeen
3: what do you have Ethan? that's not that it's not that 19, low but 19 19 uh, uh, my oh, i had it i didn't have this as high as uh my pretty pony but i had let's see um uh, i have it at number eight everyone so um.
4: oh wow <laughs>
2: dan to be uh, clear well, i don't i don't bear you any will <laughs> oh no no so yeah. i don't, I don't I mean i don't at all she'll think meet you outside jane <laughs> i
3: i hope i hope um yeah, I hope I wasn't coming across as like flailing and, and defensive. Um, I don't I don't think, I don't <laughs> think it will. Tony.
4: Well, again, I, I feel like these are the best episodes because I, I like when everybody disagrees because I think everyone kind of sees everybody else's point of view and is like, yeah, yeah, you know, everybody, you know, you're you're all different readers, you're all coming at it from different points of view, and I, I I honestly like there were some things that Mel hit on that I was like, yeah, I I didn't really pay attention to that, but I think it's because. Uh, you know, I didn't read King growing up, but reading him now, I think it's because I, I expect him to do these things that I don't focus on those things when I'm reading these stories because I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, he's doing that again. But it's like I don't, and I don't put it down in the notes, but I, and, and I think that's kind of dangerous. So I'm glad like people are pointing it out and and really <laughs> going for the jugular because I just I don't I think it's just kind of that stuff just kind of I gloss over now because it's it's kind of like well it's it's almost always there in a lot of his stuff. And I'm Wait. looking for other things like like things to, to, to pull from it. But it's like am I in that in that case am I am I willfully ignoring it, you know what I mean? Like so but uh but no I, 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 I think that's totally totally true though.
3: What what uh Mel when you talk about being an accumulation, what and, and this being and I know what you said about it being a short story, so it's there's just a lot more of it in a shorter space of time. But did you feel any of this when reading um, Needful, thi- like, do you feel like it was a progression oh, yeah. with his novels as well? Yeah. Like, oh yeah.
2: Like, I mean, Myra and Needful Things yeah. Is, yeah. is treated the same, and her friend, all of her friends. The only, the only beautiful woman in town is, is Polly, yeah. and she's thin and white, and, and she has arthritis. That's the only thing that's wrong with her. So it's like. She can't be too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you her, well, her and give And King <laughs> loves to ennoble arthritis. That's like a thing that he does in like so many ways. <laughs> Is that things.
0: his cause? But, I didn't know that. Um, I, I wonder not, if he
3: had, I mean, but now, yeah, he's been doing that since he was a young man. Glenn Bateman has arthritis. Um, Randall yeah. has yeah. it. It's a sign um, of wisdom.
4: Rand- Randall Flag.
3: <laughs>
4: uh, trash can, trashy. This is <laughs> <like> naming everybody. huge <laughs> huge <Cooch, laughs> definitely had it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I have it. Maybe a story me about me.
2: not feel, I, I have a sense of being very fed up, and I'm sorry that that kind of puts a sort of dour tone to my presence on this episode. No, no, no,
3: don't apologize. No, 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 no love it, love it. And like I said, that, that was I mean, a king, that...
4: king. King needs to hear this stuff.
2: <laughs> He's not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> he
4: needs to hear <laughs> it. If his
2: tweets are going to write something new. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he's listening. Uh, he's well, like, man, okay. I, was, this... I was
3: really going to go on, and I was going to think about going on their show until we got to it grows on you. It I would fun. love, uh, well, well, Mr.
2: King, if he... you're listening. I would love to talk with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he read this story himself too. He like chose he oh, really? to read the story, so oh, he must wow. have been really happy with it. I mean, one oh, look at Please continue.
4: Sword, so. Please continue to tell us who's on what. I I, I keep forgetting to prompt it, and I, I think that's so interesting to hear who's reading these on the audio. Um, because I know that we have some fans that are really big into the audio stuff.
0: How is he as um, a reader, Isha? Uh, it's just a nasally it, it's like cadence that's not... It doesn't really... Maybe that's why he chose to, to read that story, because he doesn't have to like exert any emotion or uh, variance in personality. But yeah, I just... Just sounds like a, a nasally main, man from Maine, like speaking to me. <laughs> Nasly man from Maine.
4: Well, on that note, <laughs> we're gonna move on to our next story. Uh, and, and as the house um, continued to grow in, in in the last story, we're gonna grow. Uh, or yeah, we're, basically, we're on number eighteen. And it's <laughs> head
1: down.
4: <laughs> What's the story? Head down. So can't wait to talk about <sighs> head down. This is number eighteen the clocks on at number eighteen. And I was told because I did <laughs> I did not include this in my rankings at all. <laughs> that I was told by Randall that someone had it so high on their list that I have to rank it now. <laughs> so I had to go back and rank it at that point.
0: Really? Oh so Mel, are you ready eight? are
4: you ready to to do, should is we should is you sh- go last, Mel? It, uh, clearly you liked head down, right?
2: I don't have a I don't have anything written for it because I think it's actually hard. like when you like something, it's a little harder to to be on a soapbox, as I just was. This was my number one. I'm sorry.
0: What? Wow. Sorry, everyone. Oh, shit. Are you kidding? me? I enjoyed wow. this but that doesn't, story, but it doesn't count. It's an essay
2: of the entire collection. I was. Riveted. I kept waiting
0: for something interesting to oh happen. Oh my god! What, Mel? Are you
4: kidding me? And really? you know what I think? No it is? one needs to hear about his son's. You know batting know
2: <laughs> An editor from the New Yorker edited this story. Like, he had, like, a fucking editor who took Mm-mm. out all of this shitty kingisms. And I I don't care about baseball. I don't care about Little League baseball, even less. I hate children. And I was totally, whoa, whoa, whoa. I
1: was totally
2: in suspense. Like, I wanted them to win. It, I, didn't, I didn't look at the page numbers, which is what I was doing for other stories. Like, thinking how long it was, even though it's the longest installment. I felt that his acknowledgement of his own proclivity towards cliche hit me very well. I thought it was great i really
3: liked it man but oh man sorry go ahead no no i want to hear why
0: go ahead mel because i had mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) i mean that's i i can't keep going more than just like more than just like i i've thoroughly enjoyed it it was like watching a movie or like i I didn't. I thought that the he did a mm. he did a, it was a good bit of like both nonfiction reporting. Like he clearly took like a ton of notes and followed these kids. And I think I thought he kept himself out of it rather admirably. Like you wouldn't actually even know Owen was his son if you didn't make the connection between the names. And there's yeah, another king anyway. So like I I felt that he yeah. actually held himself at a professional distance in a way that like he doesn't do with his fiction, and in in fact literally inserts
0: himself into his fiction sometimes. Um, I have to say that I was so disappointed in reading this one because of the fact that, to Mel's point, the writing led to some, me thinking that, especially when the, was it the the championship game or the second round where the, the other towns, there were people out there with their horns, mm-hmm. and I was hogging their horns while they were playing, and I was like, oh, is this like the city of the dead, and, or like there's people from the dead, and this town is haunted by them, and if they don't win this game... Uh, they're going to go back and oh. something terrible is going to happen. Like I was expecting this to go in such a great direction. And then I got to the end of the story and turned the page or flipped to the next page. And was like, that was it. I just wasted 102 pages of my life.
2: <laughs> like so literally, you, didn't, you like, didn't know it was
0: nonfiction. I, well, I went into all of them to, I tried to not read anything beforehand mm-hmm. about them. So that I just came in with, like, an open mind about everything. Yeah. So I didn't read about what it was. Like, after I finished that one, I literally, my note was, how dare he make me listen slash read to a story about his son's baseball team? And then I looked up what was going on. And I was like, this, I, that was t- for me when I messaged my dad. was like, I don't know if I can deal with Stephen King. <laughs> like, <laughs> how dare he? Well, <laughs>
4: I, I was like really looking forward to it because again, you know, I, I just, I like sports stories and things. And I told Justin, I, I, I this was the last story that I, I was, well, I thought it was the last story, you know, but, uh, we had the parable, but I was about to read the story and I said to something to Justin about, well, I've got, I've got to read head down. And he was like, what what's that? And I was like, you yeah, know, that the, 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 it looks like it's going to be a baseball story, but King, you know, the, it's it's it's. I, I, was, I was talking about sending my ratings to Randall. And I was like, oh, it's probably just going to be like you know, like one of the best ones in the book. And Justin was like, no. He was like, Wait, Justin doesn't like just it. Like,
2: I thought I would have a kindred. He spirit didn't like it. He didn't here. like
4: it at all. And I couldn't believe it. And I, I'm just throwing that out there because, I it might have. I wonder if I would have saw it a different way. I think I can't. I was coming at it at that point, just thinking this is not going to be any good. And I think I was just kind of bored the whole time it just just, just didn't go anywhere for me like
2: i wonder if it says anything that i'm like a non-sports person and really liked it and like people who have an understanding of the sport are like this is boring yeah yeah they're
4: like this is really just a this is a batting practice like they just like can't handle it um uh yeah, but uh, no, this was this was pretty pretty down there for me. Now this was your number one, Mel.
2: This was
0: such a breath of fresh air. Like I was so ex- I was uh, like, oh, it's ca- not I, ca- I just
4: I love that. I mean, I actually love is it that because that is your number one. he
0: doesn't have any of the like bigoted. I mean that's Are that's sure, great like that's a plus. That <laughs> but honestly, yeah, that's what I'm like. I can see that. But honestly, no, like I was that's a little not little why bit higher
2: on my list. That's <laughs> not why. It's just I was really riveted. No, it like I found it really suspenseful. I, I like, <laughs> I, I, it was a page turner. <laughs> like, I just really loved it.
3: I just picture you like, like, like go kids go. <laughs> like, like, I was. I was pages. like. <laughs> For me, I yeah, I did not like this story. I'm not a sports person, but um, I did did. Did any of you read Dance Macabre? I can't remember who yeah. was on that episode. I, in Dance Macabre, he ta- He he praises Ray, Ray Bradbury, but he also criticizes him for being a little bit too wistful when talking about um, aspects of childhood sometimes. I think the line here specifically is when uh, he's describing Will and something wicked this way comes. Any comparisons like, oh, he was the last peach high on a summer tree, and King specifically calls out that phrase as being a little bit too much, a little bit too purple, a little bit too sentimental, and that's kind of how I felt about this whole story. Now, granted, the, I don't think the prose itself was that overblown, but I feel like he was so fascinating and, and, and so starry-eyed about these kids in a way that I, I just wasn't. I cannot wasn't.
2: believe that you are leveraging that complaint when you had Pretty Pony at number <laughs> five. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: but, but, Pretty Pony sucked that landing for me, though, too. I mean, P- Pretty Pony at least had a thing it was leaning on that was really compelling to me, um, whereas this just didn't. And it's funny because, I mean, my, one of my earliest exposures to Stephen King was being at Little League practice, and my dad would read, like, a different Stephen King book in the in the bleachers or in the car while he was waiting for me. So I kind of weirdly do associate Stephen King with summer and baseball and because the author likes baseball a lot. But, yeah, I, I, just with Mac, I mean, there was, like, the... I mean, I, yeah, t-shay. Like, I know I, I didn't, like the sentimentality here but i did like it in pretty pony Wait, i know, pretty feel pony.
2: like the restraint around the sentimentality here is why i like it because it's not actually on the page you actually have to intuit it by the I, attention yeah, that he's giving
3: i do agree <laughs> but i look daddy loves his trash and i just like the uh, <laughs> <laughs> i just i just like some of that king nastiness in, in my pretty pony and you oh, got none of it
4: yeah. yeah i
0: got none of it here yeah
4: there's none of it there i didn't get anything <laughs> either all cut out.
0: <laughs> He like worked you me up or something, and then just left me with blue balls about it. And that
3: was, like, no. <laughs> you wanted, you wanted like the maximum overdrive scene where the bulldozer comes through and kills all the kids playing little league. I mean, hey. <laughs> I right. do love that King can Ooh, I would write... love that, yeah. I do love He just, King like, can... kill these children. <laughs> yeah, like, I love <laughs> Or that King...
0: something, like, there's a curse or something.
3: I love that King can write that, I think... like, have a, a, write a, a scene in one of the most reviled movies in cinematic history where a bunch of kids get mowed down by... A, a bunch of baseball-playing kids get mowed down by a steamroller, but then also can write this. I, I do like that he operates both both ends of, of the and spectrum. And King,
2: King himself says that he thinks this was the best thing he had written in the past, like, 15 years, so... Yeah. I'm with the big oh. guy on this one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, oh. if, he's, if he's listening, he's like, all right, maybe I will go on their show after all. <laughs> but again, <laughs> I think I think, I think
2: the the New Yorker editing it has so much to do with that. <laughs> like, I think this would and have yeah. been another Pretty Pony if he hadn't had an editor helping him. Man, mm. I, I would have. This kinda is, kinda a, this your, is a your, into a wild
3: ride, everyone. <laughs> like, that I know.
4: Well, that, my, my favorite thing is that if that smells number one, I'm like, what is the rest of this list gonna gonna <laughs> show us? You know, like From what is gonna happen? Who's gonna survive? Just, Are we gonna lose upset. friendships during this?
0: Let <laughs> me uh, let me see where I
1: put
3: where I put this. I don't think I put it l- like low low. Let me see. I had this. Oh, at, it was uh,
0: last for me. It Was dead last for you.
3: Mine it was, was dead my, last. <laughs> Seventeen for me. So pretty 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 low. Uh,
4: you know, I don't I don't have my rating where I included this but i think i I had it just above pretty pony (laughs) so uh um now we have five more stories before we get to the story that almost made it to the the top 12 (laughs) uh the next one is number 17 sorry right number now now this is this is a, uh, a like this is the screenplay, and this thing I I read this thing so quickly because uh, because of that format, I you know, I I genu- I genuinely kind of like this one. I I, I didn't yeah. I I thought the twist was kind of like I don't know I felt like it would have worked as like a thirty minute you know episode of Tales from the Dark Side. You know what I mean? That's like, what I it think was. It, they they made me, it
2: into it, a what's the show? It wasn't Tales from the Dark Side. Right Darkside, Right. But... Uh, was it Outer
3: Limits or? Uh... Or was it Tales from the Dark
4: Let me look at this up real quick. I have this written down. I, I was going to say, was Tales from the Dark
0: Side? It was. Was it? It was. Yeah, I yeah. Th- that's what I mean. I feel
4: one. like it would have worked like that.
0: I think. it, I don't know if I. I didn't read this one. I didn't have a chance to read this one, but I listened to it, and I think it read well in that sense because he had different voices for this as well. He didn't oh, nice. have just like one person reading. Um, so for me, I think that's why it was higher on my list. Like it didn't make it to my. uh, worst list it was actually on my liked list Um, I didn't like it the first time but then I listened to it again and again I like the twist of kind of she's like I know this voice I know me and in my head I was like man what would I do in that situation if I like heard someone that I thought and you know back in the day when you can't like trance or trace a call figure out who called you you have to rack your brain trying to figure out the connections who could possibly have all this shit going on to them and then she finds out years a year later was it a year later or a few years later uh, uh, that it was her calling mm-hmm, from the future so that was yeah. it was not the greatest twist but it was a cute little i was like all right king yeah i think it was a
3: good like single move like like uh Mac and Mel, so that i think would work well in an anthology tv format i mean honestly the, the only thing the only knock i really have against the story is the fact that it's plopping a screenplay in the middle of a short story collection? Mm. And, and once again, I know King has this defense of, oh well, it's all meant to be kind of a hodgepodge of different things. But I would, I would disagree I would to counter that, I would say a a, a short story collection like Night Shift. Once again, I understand why all those stories are in the same collection, whether they were co- pulled randomly from different sources or not. There, I mean, it's like an album, right? Like, I. I like it when an album doesn't just feel like a collection of songs. And, and I, I, I think that a great short story collection can really feel like a unified beast and feel like something that is just as satisfying and complete as a novel. And when you have this screenplay, even just from a format perspective in the middle of it, I feel like it just takes away from the, co- uh, the cohesion of the whole thing a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't. there's nothing really mm-hmm. that I yeah. hate in this story other than its format. I wonder if it would have worked better if he had converted it to, uh, to prose and not kept it in the screenplay format.
2: I, I didn't have a problem with the format, but I just I was like he wrote what amounts to like an unoriginal Twilight Zone episode. Like mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. it maybe it was groundbreaking at the time, but I also I feel like he can't have been the first person to have this idea and publish it. Um, and it just felt yeah. like so familiar and forgettable to me. I mean, yeah, there has to have I been mean, some
3: kind of Twilight Zone, or maybe not the not, not the conceit of a telephone, but just warning. Yeah, essentially warning your past self about about something that's going to happen. I wonder too if, uh, like you all were saying, I, I wonder. Well, if you it know, Bill feels, and Ted's
4: Excellent Adventure.
3: I mean, kind of. <laughs> was that before this, or, or uh, yeah, I guess it would have been right. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, eighties. Yeah, but I, and also too, it is. It, I did enjoy going back in time a little bit to oh yeah, there uh, before smartphones, right? When like answering a landline was a thing, and so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, there, there's a. A few
4: things that I I wanted to mention, Uh, the page 499, when Mm. there's like a close up on the holes in the phone, Mm -hmm. Uh, that really reminded me of like Blue Velvet. You know, when they do that, that intense close up on the grass and Uh, the bugs and then, you know, I kind of got that kind of feel from it. Um, And then also that there's the mention of Pretty Pony in it, Dan.
3: Oh, that that's line. right. Yeah, because he t- he calls it a pretty yeah a pretty pony. Now which yeah. came uh, which uh, came first, the pony or the telephone? Like, I wonder which one he wrote or, first, or
4: the pony or the uh, sorry right number. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then on page 840, uh, 487, Bill exclaims, "I'm the boogeyman!" So we finally get to find out who <laughs> Mister Bogeman <laughs> who the is. Real boogeyman it's is. Bill. Bill from Sorry right Number, 4. He's also a Bill, Bill, a Bill Weiderman. who
0: writes horror novels, which right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. He inserted himself in there.
4: So what do we think about the names of these novels? Here we go. We got Spider Doom. <laughs>
0: Spider <laughs> Okay, no one liked
4: that. Ghost Kiss. Ghost Kiss.
3: Ghost Kiss is kind of <laughs> and trashy.
4: My favorite, for all you trolls out there, Night of the Beast.
3: <laughs> I like it's all weird because of them. King, like, those don't even sound like king horror titles you know what i mean like i don't think you've ever write something called that <laughs> i know yeah yeah uh, i love Spider actually Doom. my my favorite uh, king like fictional titles is in salem's lot i think uh, ben mears's books sound like books that ben mears would have actually written like uh air dancer and uh, uh, or air dance what, and what's the what's the other one it's um mm-hmm. oh it's a dude's name i Blanking. can't remember now. anyway c- continue
4: yeah, no, no, no. Uh, okay, well, was that, like, was that a strange entry for everybody? Was Was that pretty like all, middling, was or was that really low for middling, folks? It was or?
2: 13 for me, so it just made the worst yeah. list, I guess.
0: It was, like, number yeah. six for me. Well, it was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was six. number six for me, <sighs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. Was that after was hearing
3: f- the, or, or, like, that second time hearing it read with a... Uh, the different cast members the voices
0: yeah i think that added to it a bit for me and it made it more plausible and i i missed a lot of the glaring (sighs) the glaring inconsistencies with it but it flowed pretty well for me for a short little story and then i could Mm. see it as like a flushed out into a had i known that it had actually been made into an episode but what was that were people reading the stage directions yeah, it's this guy. no. They just were reading it as
2: oh. as if it was like. A
0: oh, actual interesting. Episode. Also, oh,
2: real quick cool. to, to so backtrack, it, did, did you yeah. listen to Head Down? Did somebody read that that whole thing?
0: Stephen King read that whole thing. Oh, okay. yeah.
3: <laughs> no, was, was it
4: was it like a radio drama? Like, were they like, did you hear the things that were happening, or was
1: it just yeah? It basically they were just reading it.
0: No, it was like a radio drama, as if you were. And I think that's also a little bit why I liked it, because it kind of made me think of those times where people used to go around the radio and listen to sto- people read stories um, late at night, and the connection that brought. And they had like the TV playing; they had all the external sounds as well as the characters that's themselves fun. reading. Um, uh, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. That actually does sound yeah.
3: funny. Yeah. I think that would work. I would well.
4: totally but listen to that. Yeah. I don't it's know why higher um, for me.
3: For uh, head down, <laughs> I, I pictured uh, like Garrison Keillor reading it or something. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: only. No, he was very proud of that story, so <laughs> he read it himself. <laughs>
4: um. Well. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's move on to our, our next one here. That that for me was number twelve. So I was like right there in the middle too. Yeah, I had
3: it or at I think fit. Or um, say, uh, let's see. Hit, um, Fifteen for me. Yeah. So he's in the middle.
4: And uh clocking in at number 16, the doctor's case so this is you know we're getting kind of towards the middle stuff here i I genuinely you know was, I was entertained I, I felt like I was right into all the accents, and i was <laughs> I was I was, do, I was reading this one out loud to myself, and uh I was in I was in I, I dug it. I can't. I can't think. Of, let me see where it was on my list here. I had this at number eight.
0: I had this at number
1: twenty-two. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Go off.
0: And, and, and it was read by Tim Curry, who I love.
1: And oh, that's great. I just.
0: I couldn't get into it. I. I think yeah. this annoys me the same thing as the parable where it was just like, it didn't really seem like a king, like it could be a king story. It was just like he was bored and like needed to come up with something and decided, right, he was well, bored maybe <laughs> Sherlock Holmes phase. Yeah,
1: it's,
4: it's exactly That's exactly what it felt like. It, it. was actually <laughs> published. It was originally published in the New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which is just, uh, it was like a collection of Sherlock Holmes stories. Of um, there you go. Yeah, it was just like, you know, he was just, you know, jumping into that that world for a day. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 like, uh, I like Holmes, but I like Watson <laughs> more. And I think that's why I like this story.
3: <laughs>
2: mm. I, I,
3: uh, oh, sorry, good. I,
2: I had it at 10 and I think it was just cause I was like, at least it's different. <laughs> like, and I thought, oh, you know, again, like I was dead. really looking for a break from, from the things that I was from, from like the other material in here. And I thought it had a clever solution um, I really liked the sort of the setup and the and the solution to the mystery. Um, mm. I also sort of liked the borderline supernatural intuition that leads Watson to solve it. Like he's he's like really bowled over by the click in his brain when he actually sees what has happened. Yeah. And that that was a a sort of cool like oh maybe that's what happens with Sherlock. Um, I didn't like that we couldn't solve the mystery ourselves. Like that they that there was no way for us to have figured it out. Um, And right. I also visual, yeah. Thought that it really also crystal- Even though it's different it crystallized a theme Of this collection which is just Bastards getting their comeuppance from slightly Smarter bastards Like <laughs> yeah. it's all about like bad people But some are slightly less bad And they're gonna kill the bad ones
4: Yeah what did he, what did y'all think about the ending Because don't they just kind of Like let them just get let away it with go? it yeah, yeah they let them
2: go he sucked <laughs>
4: Yeah. Yeah, but I Honestly, mean, they still they still plotted and killed the guy. You know, I was like, I don't think they. i he think He was should...
2: dying in like two months from gout or he, gangrene. Right? They were just helping yeah, him along. They
4: don't know this guy's same. life. They don't know. I mean, maybe these kids were real nightmares to this guy, and he he was totally getting this. He seemed revenge, like a dick you know?
0: before they were born, and just kind of got worse <laughs> as they were alive. Like the way he describes the, I think it was the youngest son who had the disability uh and just his thought or no stephen was the youngest son who was running the business so the how he treated the younger son and the middle son and just his opinion from i guess this outside narration of them kind of rubbed me the wrong way i think the most interesting fact for me was that oh sherlock holmes is allergic to cats who knew
4: (laughs) his one downfall
0: yeah that's that's why (laughs) that,
4: that was the that was the sir arthur conan doyle's uh, original idea from Moriarty. who's was just going to be a cat.
0: A cat well,
3: uh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, no joke, while I was reading the story, I was also, by coincidence, watching a little movie called The Great Mouse Detective. I uh, oh, love you might The say, Great Mouse Detective. Oh. I do, too. I think it's great. And, and which you might say is Sherlock Holmes, or Basil, rather, is uh, allergic to cats in that one because he's a mouse. Um, but I actually think <laughs> no joke, and this is maybe the most unfair criticism I've ever leveled at a Stephen King story, I feel like because I was watching Great Mouse Detective and loving it so much, and loving this abbreviated kind of true, true different riff on the the Holmes mythos, I was just kind of bored by this one the whole time. Um, and, and I should say too, I've never Sherlock Holmes has never been like one of my favorite series or anything. I like *Hound of the Baskervilles* pretty well enough when I was mm-hmm. a kid, but and and yeah, I mean, I, th- I think King is doing his version of Arthur Conan Doyle pretty well but for me it just wasn't enough you know it was like okay cool i it's a cool home story but uh hey i'm reading a king collection and yeah it just kind of stuck out a little bit to me so i had it at number number 21. this one wow. sounds like it was a little polarizing oh wow yeah but yeah this is I a, like also, a little, little half and a half here i could also chalk that up to great mouse detective maybe i was just having such a good time in that home's world that i, <laughs> I didn't want to get with vincent price no <laughs> i know oh vincent price is so good he's so good as, oh. as Rad. radigan's like pretty freaky and that no yeah. that I'd actually argue man that Great Mouse Detective is kind of scary. The, it like, is. The fidget the bat like that he is freaky. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great movie. It's on hey, on Disney Plus in case anyone is wondering. Also,
4: you know, we've got Patreon now, folks. So, if you want us to do an episode of Great Mouse Detective, uh, you know, just oh, wish your
2: I'd be down. Your points. I'm sure it's in the King universe. We can we can make a case for it. <laughs> if we did it with the Pagemaster, we can do it with the Great Mouse oh, Detective. Oh, what?
0: I missed that.
4: Well, you all know, uh, yesterday I was watching TV, and uh, have you ever seen the movie Sneakers with Robert Redford? <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> because we're
4: moving on to number 15, Sneakers. Now, although this doesn't have Robert Redford, it does have a pair of sneakers in a bathroom stall. <laughs> uh, what did you all think about this one? Who wants to go first?
2: I, this was uh, higher on my list. I actually dug this story a little bit. I would say that's the perfect way to put it. I really liked the conceit of the ghost. I thought it was a really original, cool way to portray a ghost as the sneakers under the stall door with all the bugs kind of dying progressively around them. That was like, and I liked the unfinished business aspect of it. Like it was both a mundane and disgusting ghost. And there was some cool, just like industry shit in there. I don't, I guess my complaint, I don't quite understand the breed of homophobia, like, percolating in this story. Like, it's one thing to reinforce Paul's, like, predatory, selfish nature, but it's another to reinforce homophobia within the main character who, like, equates his fear of being read as queer with the fear of this corpse. And he's thought to be queer by, like, multiple people, so there's, like, something there's like something going on here for no reason that I can see. It's like his loneliness is somehow equating to queerness and the reader needs to be reassured that he's not queer. And there's, there's almost something echoed in this by his having to relieve himself so often. Like King's like, no, no, don't worry. He's pushing things out of his butt. Like nothing is going into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
4: like, I like how you started this off with like, I, you know, I actually really like the story.
2: <laughs> I did. But, but. And I thought that Gain is. But was, I do. <laughs>
4: I, I hear you was totally. Was equated yeah, with hot
2: and like drug addiction and all the parts of rock and roll that are dangerous. And like that was why yeah. it wasn't ranked higher for me but i did like other than that like i i, I enjoyed reading it
0: yeah i have to know yeah, I, I was I, on uh, the same line mm-hmm.
2: just who, uh, go who ahead
0: I, whoever I interrupted no 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 uh,
4: Who, who who do you know uh who spoke this one or, or the, on the audio uh,
0: mm, let me find it if yeah, you Ra- that, robert redford a- <laughs> okay nah, i wish
4: uh Let's yeah. See here, where did I have this? David Cronenberg. Oh, I number... David,
0: Cronenberg. Oh, David Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Oh, Cronenberg.
4: oh I've got yeah. to listen to it
3: now.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's. I'll send you the link
0: because I found something where I had all of them. Hell yeah. uh To find. Oh, did that's he, great. Did yeah. he
1: read
3: it really? Like, hi, I'm David Cronenberg. I'm gonna read because <laughs> then when he in Nightbreed, he plays <laughs> <too many villain laughs> the main villain and His villain in Nightbreed. I love it. He's just so i'll meet you in sheer neck he's just it's so (laughs) monotone i love it is that how he talks oh
4: i love yeah
3: no
0: he i I think he did a really good job in it i i was agreeing with mel because i like the flow of the story and the concept of this ghost and how he appears and like the steady paranoia that kind of builds with the main Mm. character as this like ghost becomes more prevalent in his life and this fear of having to like go to different bathrooms just to get further and further away from it but it's still always there and present but again, I think what caused it to be lower on my scale was also the, like, kind of homophobia that was rolling in there. And the whole scene where they're at yeah. the bar and Paul is just kind of like, well, if I don't get you, I'll get everyone out. I'll, I'll get somebody else. Like, you're just, you know, you might be my friend, but you're also just a piece of meat at the same time. And I think the that he be, was he became the villain was a twist for me that I enjoyed liked but didn't appreciate because of, as Mel said, it reinforces kind of this fear that, and I've been watching Pose lately, so HIV and, and um, AIDS and kind of that homophobia that is associated with that disease was in my mind as I was reading this and listening to it, so Yeah, yeah. That's probably why it's lower on my Where list. Do you, where'd you have it? Uh, where'd I have what? On the, on the list, uh, like what rank? What it, it. Oh, uh, let me find what I do. I'm like looking at the two. I think it was number thirteen, fourteen. Okay. I had it so it seems very high, but I, I think I just really like that ghost idea. Yeah. yeah I, I mean the reveal say, when he's yeah. in. Oh, the other thing that I didn't like was that kinda just was like he gets to see the ghosts and I guess you know, the ghost story is out there now. You like someone knows yeah. the truth, but it just seemed so unfinished some, Yeah.
3: That
0: was that was no, my so I didn't I didn't
3: get oh, sorry, yeah, back I'm
4: Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like that. I think when 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 the ghost story is told to tell, it's 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 like so spot on. It's almost too perfect, and I liked the mystery behind it. I liked the fact that maybe Tell was the only one seeing this uh, and just forgetting about it. Um, I, I really liked the, the 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 first half of this. I thought was really good and I was really into it. And I'm this, but the end and yeah, the homophobia stuff and just kind of where it ends up going. I think once they kind of, once you kind of know what the story is, it's like, it, it it almost gives you too much information. I wish it was a little shorter and a little less like, well, is it, is it real or is it not a real kind of thing? Um,
2: but I thought the point was that, I, I mean, the ghost story was out there, but nobody knew that it was Paul that had killed the guy. Like that, that was the unfinished yeah. business. I liked
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that, that, I, that,
0: I just uh... expected something to happen from it. You
3: know? Yeah. That was my big issue. I mean, the, yeah. for the, the reasons you all outlined already—the homophobia and everything else—but yeah, for me, the, I mean, the biggest thing was the payoff at the end. I mean, I guess you could argue, okay, well, he's gonna, he's gonna take take down Paul, right? But I, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of ended, it deflated at the very end for me. I just wanted some bigger kind of thing to happen, and maybe it's just not that kind of story. But you're saying you like that, Mel, like the, the sort I, of open ended of it. Certainly,
2: yeah. I think that was also tr- that's just true of the industry, like. That's just that's just they get away with it, right? Like Yeah, that, that is
3: true. Yeah, yeah true. Just the complicity yeah. and everything. Um,
0: there was yeah, some just,
4: Kings There Oh no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, it just it just felt unfinished for me. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah.
4: Well, I was just going to say there's some King's Dominion in here because the pusher was stabbed in <laughs> uh, No, this is true. This is not This is no, not, not room not, 237. Just, the way you said the it, The pusher like, oh, was we'll stabbed in the eye. <laughs> With a pencil, a barrel black pencil, which is George Stark's writing utensil of choice, I did see that in the dark half. Um, And maybe, and I can totally see Stark in this story, (laughs) It's hanging out. Or
3: maybe it's Stephen King's writing utensil of choice
4: too. Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it pops up in a lot of stories here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I also wanted to ask y'all: Roger Daltrey's in this story. Do you think he's a nice guy?
3: all right it was funny is roger daltrey doesn't he He has a little bit of a reputation for being kind of uh well i don't know i don't know if he's like a full-on prick necessarily to people around him but he's he's certainly i think has a reputation being difficult to work with uh, you always read interviews with him and pete townsend where they just hate each other it's like the
4: well that's why i thought it was funny because th- i think they paint him as like this night nice, like he says like oh yeah he ends up being like a pretty nice guy yeah <laughs> like, maybe maybe what? he's cool i've the- never easy, heard yeah. that
3: <laughs> maybe he's cool to the the people, the people working for him, but yeah, I know all the interviews I've read. He's just kind of trashing things the whole time. He seems very combative. Yeah.
4: Maybe Stevens just a big Who fan and yeah. just wanted to throw him in there, you know? And like, maybe Roger will hear this someday.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. he's listening. <laughs> uh, well, that was that was sneakers. Wait, where did where uh, did you guys
2: have it? I
3: I had it low, but for me. I had it like 20, uh, 22. Oh God. Minute. I know. I had it it. At, we solve the math.
4: Yeah, I had it at fifteen because I, you know, I, I tell you that the you I, I never thought it would be fifteen <laughs> because the first half I was really loving it, I, the ghost and just like how he kept just the mention of like seeing the shoes, but then he got caught up in this thing and he just never thought about the shoes again. You know, and I just kind of liked how it was just slowly kept coming back and and yeah and the deb flies on the shoes and I was, I was just really invested but i don't know i part of me feels like with a lot of stephen King's short stories and i'll and there's another story that we're going to talk about and i don't think we're going to talk about today but because it's actually in the good stories but there's just like this thing where he introduces this really great idea but then there's like Something in that idea that he latches onto and then starts to really build upon that is not half as interesting as the original idea, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know. I just it just it just kind of fell for me. I thought sense. this was
2: one of them that actually really pulled that off. I just didn't like I didn't like all the weird gay <laughs> stuff. <that was laughs> in it. But I, I I thought this was one where the conceit and the characters actually married and like the conceit was so original and but also still scary um yeah. I, i'm also yeah. someone who just gets scared in, in a bathroom stall
0: alone all the time like i always <laughs> it, look <laughs> to see no, it definitely that was, like, had so much potential yeah. but it just
1: yeah
0: i don't know i liked though too when he was describing the shoes and each you get like a little bit more of it like the eyelid of the mm-hmm. hole and how it was mislaced and everything yeah. was it was almost as if it was become as he got more and more detail of the shoes he the ghost became more and more real i just kind of didn't like the fact that it just seemed like the ghost kind of wasted his time for me in the end it was like okay now someone knows but i'm i'm just gonna does his was his soul free was he gonna haunt somebody else like i had too many questions at the end
4: yeah I, yeah no I, I i'm right there with you maybe we'll it get just, a sequel it, the, the, the sneakers the, the last half just didn't. <laughs> yeah sneakers sneakers two two. more more robert redford <laughs> <laughs> more sneaking uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. We, we're, we're, we're getting there, folks. We are, we have two left, two stories. And these Killing two it, stories just didn't make the cut. They just didn't make the cut. <laughs> and the second to last story that we're going to be talking about today is number 14. You know, they got a hell of a band.
3: <laughs> I hate that title. I actually like this story. I hate that title. That's so stupid. Yeah.
4: See, uh, yeah. So let's just see it. Where did this fall for everybody before we go into it? Where is it in the This in the number n- yeah.
2: Where is it on the ranking of the big ranking? It's 14. Uh, thir- it's number
4: 14. Uh, yeah. It's number 14. Okay.
2: I had it um, 16. So pretty close. I really didn't like this story.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. I,
4: I had a 19. Oof. I had a 10. Dan? 10. 10. I think
0: I had it. Uh... Let's see. I had some that were like tied. So more... Yeah. I think it was more of like 11. It was 11 for me. Oh, that's okay, a good good range. Yeah, so we've got like 10 to 16 here. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah, I like. Other... Yeah. I kind of just like the idea of this little heaven, he- but hell. It's a heaven and hell of rock and and the concept of it, but the execution and like the overall story was kind of flat for me. So that's why I kind of came mid range. Mm.
2: I feel like Stephen King. I also dig that concept, but I feel like he wanted to make a mixtape but just wrote a dumb story. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah.
1: Also he the does... notes.
2: The notes imply that he, like, he, when he writes his notes about this, he's like, I just was really upset and scared by the fact that all these rock and roll icons die young. But then I'm like, why make them the villains? Like, the allegory does not match up. Like, I don't understand what exactly we're supposed to take away here. Like, why are these figures evil?
3: Yeah, it was
4: I just don't find them scary at all. That's the thing. I I just didn't find them frightening or scary. And...
3: and (laughs)
4: I don't know. I, they were all very, you know, th- th- just the fact that the 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 woman and the husband. I mean, the, the the couple kept like they knew all of these people. Like they 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 knew these some of the obscure rock stars. And maybe I guess at the time they're not. Or I mean, I guess if you're really really into that kind of rock and roll, maybe you know all these people by name. But when they started like kind of just like rattling off some of these people that they knew had died. And I guess maybe this was closer to some of those deaths coming out in '92, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't. It wasn't scary to me at all. And I felt like they were really trying to paint it as scary. I think the idea that you could be stuck in this town forever, and 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 have to kind of go be this endless concert could be that idea is scary to me. But not like you know, Buddy Holly chasing me down the street. You know, that <laughs> like, just is like silly to me.
3: When yeah. <laughs> I think what you're saying, Mac, and and I did like this story because I I thought this central conceit of, oh, yeah, it was almost like a children of the corn and this couple getting lost. And the idea of being stuck in this time loop is scary enough on its own and just seeing the kind of sad waitress and everyone know that they're stuck. That was creepy enough where the story falters for me a little bit is where he had, you know, we see the maggots on the face. And I feel like halfway through he goes, oh, yeah, I'm Stephen King. I have to add some grizzly horror into here which which for, like i said <laughs> right. most of these stories i, I do appreciate the, the the goriness and the grossness but to me i would have rather i i, I like the story but i would have rather seen him lean more into the oh we're stuck here the, the more the existential kind of waiting for godot beckett kind of thing that that was where the story was creepy for me not the not the maggots on the face or any of the other gross stuff you saw
2: mm-hmm. i think it would have been creepier if i mean it really seems like king was trying to perform some sort of commentary on how the industry like burns these people up and and you know it promotes drug addiction and overdoses and plane crashes so i think it would have been really scary to me if everyone had been terrified like if they had to perform even though Mm. they didn't want to like if they were they were also like stuck but it just didn't make make sense to me that they were just turned evil and like and also we spend so much time being told that the man in the story is a fucking douchebag and that the woman indulges it. So that, like, I don't care about either of them at all by the time they get yeah. caught here. Like there's so much of the story devoted to her being like, my husband is an asshole. And so I can't talk to him about the fact that we're definitely lost. Do I but love thank him? God like, for that one moment where
0: we're connected <laughs> yeah. because we've been together forever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I also had notes about the fact of how the relationship between the husband and a wife kind of distracted me from the rest of the story. I had to read it a second time to kind of uh, put my thoughts aside for that. You are so thorough. The... You talk about listening and reading these stories twice. Like, hats off to you. Shh. No, yeah. don't, don't. There's a lot of skimming. That's why I had to listen to it as well, because it was a little bit hard for me sometimes to read through King. Um, I... The, I agree in the sense that the maggot part was a little bit much it kind of I, I guess I don't know what the what he was going for where it was like they knew that they were messing with her and wouldn't she try to escape but they were also trying to be like congenial and nice and inviting them to stay like there was this paradox that he was trying to present to us of like heaven and hell but it wasn't working out for me. And I kind of, from an outside perspective, kind of laughed and giggled. I think that's why it was a little bit higher, mm-hmm. is because it just seemed kind of cheesy and dorky, kind of like a um, a Shaun of the Dead type of hilarity, where it's like there are dead people getting up and moving around, but it's kind of funny from an outside perspective. And Elvis then, is there, like that's hilarious, right? <laughs> but then going to the back to the idea in general of like being stuck in this town where there's all these people you recognize and they're all dead and you can't get out and there's something wrong and it takes you too long to figure out what's wrong. And by that point, and I think she, the wife references it at that point, at some point in the movie is like, if I don't go now, then we'll never get out or I'll lose my chance. And that's when I think buddy Holly stops her and like that interaction too of her him like squeezing her arm her shoulder so painfully but also trying to be the sweet like charming uh southern gent rock rock and roll dude at the same time i don't know it just kind of it was a hit and miss for me and i also did not like the
4: title i felt like it was a twilight zone episode that could have been executed really well like subtly but like it just and it just didn't line up for me. Uh, there's a few things I did want to bring up though, before we move on the uh, Steve roll in the Dukes six days on the road is featured. So I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> they mentioned Friday the 13th part 20, which does not exist. I hope we get there because on our other podcast, uh, the Halloweenies, uh, we're covering Friday the 13th right now. So if you're a big Friday the 13th head, you should hop over there <laughs> and listen to those episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, they mention uh, page 376. There were more stars in the sky now. It was almost full, full dark.
1: dark. <laughs> we got yes.
4: full dark, folks. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I love that full dark mention in room 237. Um, I, yeah, any other thoughts on this one?
0: I do think there's an interesting uh, link of time throughout some of these stories. Like um, My Pretty Pony, I guess it grows on you you could use sorry right number uh, sneakers, and you have you got they you know they got a hell of a band like this concept of time and how you can be trapped in it, or how it can be helpful to you, or how if you don't pay attention, I don't know. There was just kind of like this overarching theme of time, and I don't know if that's maybe what he was using to link certain things that we see as like why are you putting this in there or what's the connection for this yeah that's what i'm telling you all that's why my pretty pony mm. is great because it's- <laughs> dan's like it is the linchpin. that's the link yeah let it
4: go dan let it go <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: i will not give you that
3: <laughs> you yeah no i mean i do i it's sort of like for me night shift is has the uh the theme of apocalypse threaded throughout it and yeah i do think a, yeah there is a lot about aging immortality, and, and time in these i think i just get thrown off by all all the, just all the random formatted uh Tale, randomly formatted tales in here, like, with the poetry and whatever else. But, yeah, I wonder if – I'm trying to think if he talks about that in the, the intro at all. How old was he when he wrote this? He was born, what, 1950? So, 44. So, this is this his first, mm-hmm. like, middle-aged story collection? It's
2: oh. his third one, seven years after Skeleton Crew. I mean, I think Isha's is on to something. Because, like, yeah. if you think about the stories, too, the, the characters are either – they're either, like, really – like bright-eyed newlyweds or they are like very worldly like older people who are yeah, like there to sure impart yeah. wisdom or like know more about the world and kind of take pity on those who don't
3: and we and you might see we see that dynamic really brought to a head in the story my pretty pony where an old man is talking <laughs> <laughs> I did not think <laughs> you were going there <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, who reads this one Nisha? well uh <laughs>
0: Oh, oh yeah. uh wait, wait, which one is this? Uh Oh, I don't think I have this one down. Hold uh, on. I would hope it's Oh wait, it's no. Some uh Grace Is it is it, is it the ghost Lick? of Buddy Holly? <laughs> oh Grace, Grace Slick.
3: oh from uh Jefferson Airplane?
0: Possibly. I
1: don't right. know. Uh, I, yeah, Grace like, yeah, Grace Slick. Yeah, I yeah, think, she's I think uh right. from Gen- yeah.
3: hey, that makes sense why she would uh she would read that then. Yeah. that's kind of mm-hmm. cool i respect that i like that it seems like they yeah. put some thought into at least some of these stories if you read them not not all of them but yeah, <laughs> he not, tried for some not dedication but, uh, uh, but. No.
4: is there is there a dead rock star that would entice you to stay in rock and roll
3: heaven oh man uh yeah uh, did he say uh
0: marvin gay or al green was there i was like hmm. jimmy hendrix
4: like who would you never get tired of playing over and over and over again every night oh you mean like, music? like,
1: oh, I mean,
0: like oh man
3: but they I all think. play yeah every night it's like a
0: medley Someone. yeah yeah uh, i need i need multiple musicians i couldn't just do or like maybe a genre i couldn't just do one yeah. music, musician if they had they're well, they're not, gotta, they
4: gotta be dead they have to be dead
3: they're not
0: all dead yet <laughs> but if it they could be had, a lot of
4: people probably
0: if they
3: got like all of the two of them are still alive but if they got all the members of the band from the seventies to play every night, I would watch that. Cause they were really good at improvising. Also, <laughs> like they could, they could, they, they would have a really wide repertoire and it has like four singer songwriters in it. Um, yeah, I would do it for that. I mean, like I don't want to go ahead and I'm, I'm, I'm alive, but if I had to, yeah, I would do it for the, <laughs> the band. I think.
4: Well, anybody else? I mean, we could leave Dan and rock and roll heaven. <laughs>
3: I want to hear. I and, want to see the band play every night, and then get it before. I want to go to bed. I want my grandfather to read me my pretty pony every night. That's, that's my oh, idea. creepy. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that uh, got well, what's? Well, two rock stars for the audio because you got Jerry Garcia and Grace like. Yeah, uh, yeah. A dream come true.
4: Well, we're gonna we're gonna we are gonna leave Dan in uh, rock and roll heaven. We're gonna Why? hop in a Cadillac, and it's Dolan's Cadillac <laughs> at number thirteen.
0: Do
4: you all want to know before or after who read this? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, No, yeah, let's, 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 now.
0: (laughs) Rob Lowe. Whoa. All right,
4: yes. (laughs) They got Robbie Lowe in there, nice. (laughs) Uh, I think that's kind of perfect. Yeah, that's great, actually. The story that almost, it's almost to (laughs) the good stuff, because I I can see Rob Lowe, uh, I can see that payoff there. (laughs) So this is our last one for the
2: episode, number 13?
4: So this is number thirteen. Dolan's Cadillac almost made the top twelve stories.
2: I know Dan's got a bone. Sorry, to pick Dolan. For this one.
3: I got a big bone to pick with Dolan's Cadillac. Uh, several bones to pick.
4: Oh, uh, let's oh let's let's hear it.
2: Well, I feel like
3: he's, and I I think we're just kind of different opinions on this. I don't like how we never find out what his wife did to get killed. I, like just this whole thing of oh why she what she did wasn't important. I'm like no, of course it's important. And then also. We don't get any any idea of what the relationship was like between him and his wife either. So, I my big bone to pick with the story is that I just feel like I don't know what he's fighting for the whole time. I mean, we're told what he's fighting for. Okay, his his wife got killed, but I have no idea what the relationship. Yeah, he is loves like. his wife. What do you say?
4: So he loves his wife.
3: Yeah, no, well, I know, but that's fine. You Why are you questioning your, your that, partner, Dan? But like, <laughs> and then also too. I mean, I I do I do like the mechanics of how he gets Dolan into the ditch and everything with. Uh, with Dolan killing the guy in the car with him and all that. And I I thought this story was going to lean into guilt, kind of like Deliverance style, where oh, he's haunted by what he did. And they get at that a little bit, but not mm-hmm. quite. It, in the end, he just kind of moves on from everything. So for me, the story just felt like a non-starter. And uh, yeah, it, 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 honestly, it felt like the outline of a screenplay to me rather than a fully fleshed out story. I just I feel like I need more... More to, need to know more about what was driving him and, and motivating him. Um, How did you rank it? Mm-hmm. I had it number, number 20. Um, and I think because he does it right at the top, like right at the top he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what my relationship was like with my wife. Just know that we loved each other. I'm not going to tell you why Dolan was after her. Just know that it was bad. And I'm like, well, fuck, what are you going to tell us then? And then you're, <laughs> okay, like, all right, Greg. It's like, see how it I like, put
2: the car in the hole. That's that yeah, like, there's, there's
3: no
0: connection We there. get to
3: see you doing road work and, and you, yeah, you put a uh, car in the ditch. That being said, I was pretty freaked out when um, he's burying Dolan mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and oh, Dolan
3: goes from being calm and collected to really freaking out. That that actually did disturb me. Just the idea of burying someone alive. But yeah, I felt like right yeah. on, for this to be the first story in the collection. It was. It was. Uh, um, let's just say the engine of this Cadillac was not starting. It stalled. <laughs> so stalled out. But that's, yeah, but what about you? Wow. Like yeah. Nice symmetry. Maybe the rest of you liked it more.
2: I had it. At um, seven. I had it. At- Seven? Yeah. Oh, seven. I just thought the, wow. uh, well, again, okay, seven doesn't mean much, because I think I earnestly enjoyed <laughs> about five to six of these stories. I, that was, a, I, I was, was just was about to four. say that. Yeah. But I, I thought the conceit was, again, like, clever and original enough, and the, like, sheer effort and verisimilitude that he puts into, yes. like, burying this car was, like, intriguing to me. Like, I was like, okay, like, he's going to tell me how to do this. Um, I agree with you, Dan, <laughs> that it's all about revenge and it's not about character and i really cringed at the cask of amontillado reference and he's like oh yeah for the love of god um but but overall i thought i you know i was with it like sure i'll i'll read this story about a guy who like buries a whole car off a highway and like breaks his back doing it um that's a classic sort of king sisyphean like a like a king task he loves to write about these things that are like yeah, so backbreaking and and I, I do
3: like King writing about long laborious tasks. I am actually very interested in like like Franny burying her dad in this in the stand. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. he, he he describes manual labor in a way that's actually weirdly compelling to me.
0: Yeah, I think the the use of sometimes I feel when I read him that he takes too much time to describe something, and for this, it kind of I felt for I forgot what the main character's name was, but just kind of the the amount of work and time and effort and just motivation, I felt tired for him at times. Mm-hmm. And I I always joke that I say, like, I could never be a serial killer or a murderer or something like that or a stalker because I'm too lazy. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the, yeah. the amount of work that you have to put in to keep that separate. And then I do, it took a while to build. But then once you get to the actual point where he's out there with Dolan and then he gets lost, and I think it's a sandstorm at some point uh i like that that pull up to that part of the story that for me yeah. if we cut out everything else i kind of would have been okay with it if it just came it kind of came to the part where it's like you drop in on him waiting on the side of the highway for dolan's cat like to show up and then we're burying him under there and the plead and kind of i don't know what i would do if someone was burying me live like i literally don't know how i would respond in that think moment about, think about
4: think about how hot it was out there probably already yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you survive with. And like you're ten in there with two dead, two dead bodies. Yeah,
2: and you, you, you use all um, your bullets like a, like an idiot. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I, I, this for me it was funny because when my original ranking this was dead middle, so it's so perfect that this is <laughs> number thirteen. Um, I think I, I, I'm with y'all on that front where. Sometimes I'm really, really, really engaged by the tediousness of the task and King's ability to kind of draw that out and go into the details. And I was gripped for a while, but then it just seemed to go on and on, and I just, I just was like, "All right, let's let's go." Like, is this story about how to do it? Like you were saying, like uh, how to do this in reality. Or, or, or like, did, did, do you remember the characters? Like, there's other things going on in the story, um, but yeah, it, it for me it was just it was right there in the middle, and it and, and it felt to me to like to start off the the short story collection with this, it, and this felt so much like a Bachman story that. I just was like, oh, is this what we're in for? And I just, and I honestly, there's so many of these stories that are kind of Bachman-esque that I just, I just wasn't on board. He says Bachman um,
2: is sort of responsible for some of them. And he also says that he looked into, like he changed some details so that like we actually couldn't hotwire a bulldozer if we follow his <laughs> oh, instructions man.
4: yeah was, i was gonna try that tomorrow
3: for for y'all I think, know yeah. mel, mel you said there are about five or six stories you really loved and then the rest were yeah, i i what
2: loved is really i there were two i loved okay.
3: <laughs> what was yeah what was, what um, was the threat because for me i feel like there's maybe eight that i love and then probably nine nine to like i would say nine to maybe 14 i think are okay for or 9 to 15 are like like all right for me solid and then the rest for me are ones that i i am not into at all but what, what about the uh Mac and like which well i don't know what, what how does it break out for you just overall
0: uh, oh I would, yeah, yeah go for it Isha. i would say four or five of the stories like i actually enjoyed with a question mark, <laughs> but there were two for sure that I like. I, I when Randall asked me about my rankings because I sent him kind of hodgepodgey, he was like, I was like, you know, I can't really decide between these four, so they're kind of these four are at my top two, um, for various reasons. The rest of it, I kind of. I don't know. There were points where it's like it had the potential to be good and I just kind of got disappointed by the lack of follow through or the fact that he would get distracted halfway with like trying to fill in details that were unnecessary for me or he his use of imagery just kind of getting off track for me and just taking too long to get to the point where I'm just like and I think that's something I have an issue with a lot with King is that I get to not that I don't enjoy long stories, but there's so much other information i guess he could have gave me or story that he could have gave me that gets lost or not even uh approached because we spend so much time with these superfluous descriptions or unnecessary concepts or bigotry and all this other bullshit that's just which might be a sign of the times of when he wrote it in i don't know Hmm. he
2: hasn't changed much though (laughs) i yeah Yeah. i feel like there were two for me that i (laughs) love two that i loved six that i had fun with (laughs) (laughs) And then the majority of the rest were, like, ultimately forgettable, and I was kind of like, meh. And then there were two that, like, really upset me, which we've already discussed. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) What were those (sighs) again?
4: Yeah, I I I would say there was five that I really liked, and then, you know... 20 that i thought were okay <laughs> like I, it, it was just such, it was just such a it was it felt like it was such a chore yes to get through a lot of these and then the idea of a lot of them i was very intrigued and so it wasn't necessarily hard to you know be excited about the next story because i was always like oh this is this could be good but then it ultimately was always just kind of like meandering for me um so, uh, who all is going to be on the the next episode where we talk we, about... We all are, I think. I best, think it's, the best. Like, yeah. Is it just... Is it the four of us? Gotta oh, okay, awesome. Consistent. Which means... I'll well, Yeah, let's definitely... Because I, I was going to tease. I was going to ask some questions and see if, you know, for, if there were some people that... If there were some folks that weren't going to be on it, I wanted to know, you know, what their top story was. But we will save that, obviously, because if we're going to be on, then... Uh, uh, people just have to wait we welcome uh, your
2: predictions for, though <laughs> when we post opinions, this episode you know? let us know what you think is going to come out in the top yeah, three yeah. And we'll
0: see how right you are yeah.
2: um, i'm interested to know I, what you
0: guys picked for your top three i guess i still have to find well, out
4: well we'll find out and uh, soon uh, i'm not sure if it'll be the next episode man but... it
3: really is like a, a polarizing collection i feel like all <laughs> over the it's funny how there wasn't like i feel like night shift there was pretty across the board consistency of what the rankings were. But yeah, here it seems a little bit all over the map, which is good.
4: Definitely. Uh, I think I, am really excited to talk about the next, the next 12 though, because I think there are some really good ones in there. Um,
3: I want to get, I want to get to one where we discussion. all love it. Like, like, yeah, you know, I think when, it'll I guess happen. We'll, I think it'll happen. Yeah. I'm yeah. We're on the oh yeah. Oh, I think it'll absolutely number. happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: This was very fun as very exciting episode. Uh, I, you know, we're ringing it in here at two seventeen and <laughs> Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you haven't reviewed us, go to anything that you listen to us on and give us a review. We really appreciate that. We love it. Uh, We also have a Patreon. Please investigate that. We talk about that on our socials. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to be covering the top 12 stories of Nightmares and Dreamscapes uh, very soon. Uh, So without further ado, I think we're going to wrap this up. Is everybody ready? Yeah long days.
1: days. <laughs> pleasant. And pleasant, <laughs> pleasant nights. Night. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends.